you feel it, you know it. D. Raw Productions. Sword. What's going on, people? It's Corey back at it again with my boy D Raw. Hey, don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. Hey, we gotta rewind it all the way back. Yeah, man, I had to take a little hiatus, man. I went out of town, went to Vegas, got to see a lot of different crazy stuff out there. So now we're gonna give you a double recap of the week in sports it's funny i should say it's funny because we both just went to vegas like week after week damn near yeah we both seen a lot of crazy stuff yeah but you was out there for the fight yeah yeah oh man Man, he he, 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 let me down he's still disappointed about the fight (laughs) you know since we're here we might as well just talk about that real quick i feel like like when i was looking at the fight man I feel like Charlo really had a chance in that fight. Like, he he was quicker than Canelo. Like, but I felt like he was scared to, you know, let his punches go. But I think if he was like, I think really, I'm going to be honest, they had the wrong Charlo brother fighting that boy. Wow. Man, that's a, that's a deep insult. I, I, think, look at, I look at it like, when I, when I watched the fight, I noticed two things. Charlo wasn't aggressive until the very end. And all Canelo did was just counterpunch the entire fight. Bro, Can- Canelo was following that boy around the ring like he was motherfucking, um, like he was somebody like Evander Holyfield or somebody. Or he, he was in that hole like he was just, I don't know, like he was a real bulldog or something, bro. You True. Know what I'm he, like he was like aggressive he, to the point to where, like, you know, he knew Charlo was basically going to throw a bad punch. He won every round except for the first one. Like, he was chasing him like he was just like a real dog. Like, he could just eat anything that, that Charlo could deliver. You know what I'm saying? Like, like George Foreman or something was chasing Ali. You know, like, like, he just kept on doing it. Like, he tried to get him in this corner, get him in that corner, throw him against the ropes, hit him with his left hook, hit him with the right hook, go to the body. But it's like, to me, Charlo was fast enough with his feet. He was moving out the way. He was missing, ducking and dodging, and he was allowing himself to, you know, open up Canelo. And there was a lot of times I felt like Charlo could have just stepped to the side and popped him right on the side in his in his ribs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what he was doing. He probably threw, them, threw the uh, fight for some money or something. I'm, I'm, of course, because that was probably his biggest payday of all the fights he even had. But, like, come on, bro. But you could have won that one. But still, even if, even if that was the case, you still want to make a name for yourself by trying to win the fight because I feel like... By you winning a fight, you get more money and more opportunities. Now, this is my real question to you. Do you feel that Charlo deserves a rematch? Not if he going to come out there like that. Because the first couple rounds, he came out there scary. He did. He and did. Then, but he won the first round. So, I feel like whatever the game plan was in the first round, when they went, when he sat down after that round, when that bell two, that round two bell rang, it was completely different. Like I don't know what happened. I'm, because he because after that he just became just he was just blocking the whole fight. Like he was just truly scared. All right, let's let's look at it like this. Do you think 
Because, you know, Charlo went up weight classes to, to face Canelo. And he never had his body at that weight. Do you think that Charlo's power didn't translate uh, well for that weight class? And do you think Canelo maybe hit a little harder than, than Charlo expected? And maybe second round he caused him to fold up a little bit? No, I do feel that maybe Canelo hit harder than what he expected. Because that's the same thing we talk about the Tank Davis and Ryan, I mean, and Ryan Garcia fight. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia wasn't ready for that power that Tank had. Regardless of, we show all the videos and all that kind of stuff right there, but at the end of the day, when you actually get into the ring with that person, that person really hit you, you're going to feel it. And that's why he folded. But I, far, but I feel like as far as Charlo, Charlo could handle the blows. I don't think he was just really ready for the counterpunching that Canelo really had in store for him. Because them counterpunches was really brutalizing him. And you can really tell, like, in the fifth and sixth round, he was starting to look gassed in. Because if you think about it, Canelo wasn't really hitting him in the face. He was hitting him in the body, slowing him down. Yeah, because he was moving on him. But that's that's my point. I feel like, looking at the fight, I seen Charlo open up a lot of windows where he could have delivered on Canelo. And it's just the only difference between the two. Because me, honestly, bro, them boys, they, they could have really went to a, a tie at the end of the fight. Yeah. I mean, only thing that really made the difference to me in the fight, honestly, is that Canelo did, when he made his counters, they was more explosive. So, more people was like, ooh and ah. Yeah. But, equally, I feel like they was both getting each other, you know what I'm saying, with counters. And Canelo just delivered some ones that was a little bit more, you know, like, ooh, ah. Like, it was, it was better looking for the people to see as far as a spectator. But, overall, the fight, I feel like, man, they, they could have been a tie because it, it, that fight wasn't really good. Like, let's not let's not put make it seem like Canelo was really just an awesome boxer out there because he wasn't. He wasn't. Charlo was scary the first couple rounds, and then he finally started getting his you know his foot in there where he actually like made it seem like he wanted to box. But overall, bro, between the two, I didn't see nothing amazing about the fight. Honestly, I don't really feel like the fight uh, lived up to the hype that it was supposed to be. I like that. Because you know why? Because not only can you take it from a spectator's view, you can actually take it from a real boxing view. So, you know, you see things that other people don't see. Yeah, I mean, like... You see it from both sides. You see it because, like, you've been in the ring before, so you already know what to look for, what things to, like, to really just, like, oh, he should have did this instead, he should have did that. So, you get it from... You can actually get it from both angles. And I'm going to put it this way. Before the fight even started, I already figured out, I said, Canelo going to win this by a split decision. You know, whatever the case may be. And it turned out if, to be unanimous. If it, if that's that's yeah, the crazy part. If it come down to the end of the fight, bro, Canelo going to win by decision. And number one reason is because the money's already riding on Canelo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You in Vegas, the gamblers, they all got Canelo, and, and that's where the money is at. So, only way Charlo was really going to win the fight is if he had knocked down Canelo. He had to knock him down probably at least twice. Yeah. To really win the fight and, and for people to be like, you know what I'm saying, really leaning towards Charlo. But otherwise, him, you know, him fighting in Vegas, him uh fighting Canelo, who got a lot of backing already, there was no way he was gonna win that fight unless he knocked him down. And the crazy part about it is, because you're not the only person that's ever said this, this fight right here hurts Charlo more than anything because now 
he's not going to get as many opportunities. So like, he can forget about that fight against Bud, dropping back down to his actual weight class to fight. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Because, well, yeah, because and then, at this I don't point, even think at this point, is he even good enough to fight Spence? I think he's good enough to fight Spence, but, you know, Spence got got to fight Bud again, which, mm-hmm. which they already hyped that up, which I really don't. I think it's worth seeing again at this point, especially the way Spence looked against Bud. But I know it's a lot of things that, you know, uh, culminated behind that that fight as far as, like, Spence and his weight and uh, the wreck and all that stuff. And me, honestly, Spence probably should have fought somebody else before Bud just to see where he was at. Just to see, yeah. And then, because and mentally, went, he didn't really look like he was there. Yeah, and then he went after Bud. But, honestly, I would like to see Bud and Canelo I know it's a, a a weight class difference in that too, but Bud is a different kind of fighter, and I just don't see Bud being scared and and, and people. Bud is Terrence Crawford, in case you didn't understand. That's his nickname, Bud. Just in case you know, we're not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. We just want to make sure that y'all understand who we're talking about. Yeah, and when we talk about pound for pound, I like to see Bud and Canelo. Oh yeah, that's that hands down. Because really right now, I think the next fight that I'm probably going to be interested in seeing, I know you're going to laugh at it, but I actually want to see this Tyson Fury fight. Yeah, and Francis Ngannou. Ooh-wee. I think think it's going to be good. Well, that's going to be like two mastodons going at it. And that's why it's going to be good, because this will be the first time we actually seen Tyson Fury actually fight somebody that's more relatively to his side. You know what I'm saying? And pretty because much his Deontay, same weight class. Because Deontay Wilder, bro, that, that was just unfair. That know? was disrespectful for him to come in 50 pounds under Tyson Fury. Like, yeah. What so, was the point of that? And then they talk about how hard Ngannou, uh hit. So I guess that'll be the other interesting part. But I think he got to put it together, you know, as far as can he can he throw out the hit and be able to put his hands up, you know, duck and dodge without – Allowing Fury to really get the better of him because one thing I can say about Tyson Fury is that dude is a true boxer. He ain't no brawler. He can he can yeah. move. He got good foot footwork. You know what I'm saying? He could take a hit. He can get back up. Like Fury, man, he he's I ain't, he ain't no great boxer. Now I don't know why people keep trying to put him up there with with the Tysons and, and the Muhammad Ali's and all that. But you know what I'm saying? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. You know what? If I had to compare Tyson Fury to a to a boxer, like you know, one that's like you know known, I would probably give him somebody like Sonny Liston, something like that, because you know he just like he's a technical boxer. He's gonna sit there. He's gonna you know see what's going on. He's gonna counter punch. He's gonna go for the points. He's not really trying to go for the knockout. He's gonna give you everything that a, a standard boxer would give you. I don't even know if I would put him that high, to be honest. Like, I just think he not even that high. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even put him that. High. I think he's a good boxer, bro. I wouldn't compare him to no Hall of Famer because honestly, who has he really been besides Deontay Wilder? That's a good question. Well, well, because he's never he's never fought Anthony we, Joshua. We, honestly, bro, we we didn't really know nothing about Tyson Fury until him and Wilder really just went heads heads up. That is true. You know what I'm saying? And really, that first fight, I thought was a fluke anyway. Because I swear, when he was knocked down and he got back up like the Undertaker, I thought he got up on the tip. And, and I think that's what really made people, you know, realize, oh, this is Tyson Fury. Like, yeah, you know, it was always it was always some buzz about the fight because it's Deontay Wilder who was boxing, 
But Tyson Fury made a name for himself off of Deontay Wilder. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, it just kind of blew up. And now it's ballooned to the factor that we're looking at Tyson Fury. But if anything, I would put Deontay Wilder, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even say he's a Hall of Famer, but I would put him right under there and say that he's up there with some of the best. But yeah. But you also got to look at it this way. We keep, you know, spectating on Deontay Wilder, uh, how he fight and stuff like that. But truly, it was an uneven match, bro. Two, 272 pounds, you know, Against versus 220, 220 like, 225. Like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to cap the weight at some point. So, I mean. Even UFC capped the weight. Like, that's why, yeah. as far as heavyweights, like, I, you can't come in there. 300 pounds. Like, just like that. What was that, what was that boxer a couple of years ago that beat um, Anthony Joshua? That Ruiz dude. That dude had to be a, at least 320. Yeah. I mean, if you if you 300 pounds, bro, and you can move, and that's that's where I do give Tyson Fury his credit. You know what I'm saying? The boy 270-something, two, he can move like, like he's, you know, small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I got to give him his credit on that. So, I'm not knocking him, but I just don't think he's, you know, no Hall of Fame type boxer. But anyways, you know, we, we can move on from that. Yeah. Um, college football week six, since we've been winding it back, uh, we had some good games. And most notable game was uh, the Red River rivalry, um, UT and Oklahoma. You know, UT did lose the game, but Oklahoma, you know, they they, they met my expectations. They, they really did. Like, I was really hoping that Texas would pull this one out. They had a chance to really just, you know, finish, you know, finish off Oklahoma. But Oklahoma put together a great drive. And then with 15 seconds left, they pulled it out again. Yeah, and, and Queen Ewers, man, that boy threw for 346 yards in that game. A lot of people, you know, are just so hyped about, you know, this Arch Manning coming. But what they fail to realize is that Ewers is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And you know what? I was just thinking about this. Like, everybody's talking about, uh, what's his name? Caleb Williams and um, Drake May and stuff. But I think they're kind of overlooking uh, Quinn Ewers. You know what I'm saying? And, and Michael Penix Jr., he's up and coming. Yeah, he's too. actually looking pretty solid as well. Uh, I mean, he has some up and down games, but he's been pretty consistent. And Drake May has been consistent as well. Yeah. I think out of all of them, bro, Drake Drake May has been the most consistent quarterback. All right, so tell me this, because you know we had this conversation last year when it came to like to the Bryce Young and CJ Stroud comparison, and we see how that worked out. In the long run, who do you think is gonna have the more successful career in the NFL? Caleb Williams or Drake May? Because I feel like and I and I stand by this. I feel like it depends on what team drafts what quarterback. Yeah, it, it depends on a on a team and a system. But if I was a betting man, I'd probably roll with Drake May. I don't know why, but wow. I just don't. I mean, man, Caleb I Williams. Yeah, man, he, he be know, looking man. impressive, boy, bro. He, but he be looking like the second coming of Mahomes, man. You think so? He looked like it some games. Some games. That's why I say I see a lot of inconsistency. And uh, I mean, at this point, my my biggest concern about Caleb is he never shows up in the big games. 
Exactly. So it's, I feel like he gonna have like a Kirk Cousins career. Like he's gonna be good, but he's never gonna get you over the hump. And he suffers under pressure. Like, and speaking of week six, he suffered against Arizona when they went uh, to three overtimes and they won forty three to forty one. So you know you you look at those kind of um, those kind of stats that that Caleb Williams had put up, and he honestly he got outplayed in that game. Noah Fafita. Outplayed him, you know that yeah, in that game, true. bro. So I don't know. I think Kent Williams is good, but he might actually. What 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 year is this for him? This is year three. Sometimes I year. sometimes I be thinking that he need another year, but he he got to He probably got to go to the well, draft this well, year. But honestly, no, no. His dad said he might keep him in another year, depending on what team has the number one pick. And the way it's looking right now. It's going to be, be Chicago. The Bears, because really, it's, it's supposed to be Carolina, but since they got DJ Moore, the Bears actually have a chance in NFL history to have just without trade, well, no, it, I'm talking about without trade this year, to actually have legitimately the one and the two pick. Mm-hmm. That's awful. So that means Justin Fields might be on the outs. We already know. Uberflus will be on the outs. Ryan Pace might keep his job because he, I feel like he's done a good job building the team up. There's just, there's just no consistency as far as production. You know, they've already gotten rid of Chase Claypool. So you already know DJ Moore is your solid number one. And you already know with the one and two pick, you're going to take Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever the top quarterback is. And you already know number two is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. So you already know for a fact you got a quarterback you know, wide receiver you know, combo. Funny. I could see Drake May and Marvin Harrison Jr. in a Chicago Bears uniform. Believe it or not, I can too. I feel like... And I, actually, I actually think I think he'll do good. I think he'll do good in Chicago. I think he'll do better than Caleb Williams would. I think he can, I don't know, bro. I think he can do better under pressure than Caleb Williams. Yeah, because let me see. Caleb Williams let me laugh. Let me down last year against that, Utah. He be throwing them ducks, too. See, people from me, <laughs> what be throwing them he, he, Look, I noticed it. I, like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. When, when Caleb Williams is on, he's on. But you got to realize, too, if you actually paid attention in that Colorado game, he was throwing a lot of sitting ducks and his receivers was bailing them out. Yeah. And he did the same like, thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, he threw six touchdowns against a weak Colorado defense. But remember, he threw a pick. He was throwing a lot of errant passes. He was throwing a lot of incomplete passes. And he did the same thing against Arizona. Yeah. And they remember, they had to come back against Arizona. Come on now, people. Yeah. So, uh, another solid game, bro, was Louisville and Notre Dame. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Sam Hartman, I don't think he's the man. Um, he's he's a decent college quarterback, but pros, he might be a backup. Well, um, Notre Dame doesn't really develop a lot of great quarterbacks anyway. What, what was the last one? What, Joe Montana? Yeah, but they had some that, you know, that was sought after. Oh, no. Uh, you, you dare not say Brady Quinn. Don't you dare say. You know, a lot of people say... Brady Quinn was just unlucky. He made it to the NFL, didn't he? He was lucky. He had several chances to succeed, right? He was lucky. Well, look. look. 
Notre Dame, they did get their ass handed to against Louisville 33-20. to But one thing I realized is Louisville might actually be for real this year. Um, That's a it's, surprise. It's been a too. while. I think the last time I, m- I remember Louisville actually being good is probably Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Oh, um, no, you know what? No, no. I, I tell, yeah, you are right. Because but before they they still had Teddy Bridgewater too. But that was yeah before yeah that was before Lamar. So remember they went from Teddy Bridgewater to Lamar Jackson. That was actually that's a good transition. Yeah, that's a good transition. Well, they winning again and they got they got a bona fide defense. I can tell you that, and I think that's what won them that game against Notre Dame. Uh, the one team that always let me down every year that it's the only time I cheer for them. You know, when they play Alabama, it's A&M. And yet again. It, and they had the game won. Like, oh, my God. Like, they was up. Like, I don't know. I just don't know what Jimbo's doing anymore. Like, Jimbo just has me so mind-boggled sometimes, like, some of his decision-making. Like, we can sit here and, you know, talk about the offense, the defense, where this person missed this. But when he's when – he's, I always feel like, okay, you the head coach, you got the final say-so on the play calling, regardless of what the offense coordinator throw out there. Even if, you know, because I feel like that ain't, in college, it's not many quarterbacks calling audibles. So that's yeah. either got to be the offense coordinator changing up something at the last minute or the head coach. And I feel like Jimbo just be like, okay, we just going to just go for glory and you already up. Why? Run the ball. Like, why does he – like, he does that worse than um, – the quarterback, I mean the coach for the 49ers. I'm up. Let me just start throwing the ball. <laughs> like, why? You're winning. Just run the ball. Like, well, like, I'll tell you this. When I watch AM and AM did lose his game 26 to 20. When I watch them, their biggest issue is their quarterback, bro. And it's I don't you know what I don't understand. But like, why is he throwing the ball? You're up. True. It's, why it's is the, he throwing the, the ball? Coach. It's the coach too. But every time they put the ball in the quarterback hands, he's always turning it over. Like, I don't, I don't watch him at least about two or three times this year so far. And every time I turn the channel to him, he's throwing the interception. Same dude. Hey. <laughs> he's always throwing the interception. Hey, let me tell you something. I don't know what windows he's seeing, but he loves to throw into, like, double coverage. It's, he loves, like, I see, feel like he feel like, okay, I can, hit, I can probably hit his back shoulder. Even though it's already somebody just covering them on both sides. Like, bruh. You gotta cut that out. I don't know what he'd be looking at, but apparently he liked to run to the other team. Apparently. So, but a lot of that, like you said, is Jimbo and his offensive coordinator, because it's part of coaching. Like, cause I feel like if you know your quarterback is trigger happy like that, you need to do some plays where he can actually get into a rhythm, yeah. feel comfortable, but you you gotta stop. Taking the run away because the run is what sets up the pass. And I hate that when people feel like when they win in or they feel like they need to just, you know, get some quick yardage, mm-hmm. they feel like, oh, I don't need to run the ball anymore. No, yes, you do. Because that can easily set up play action, that can easily set up easy screens and things like that to get your team the yards that they really need. And Jimbo just, he think he back in Florida State. With old Jameis Winston, oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> throw it 60 yards, and you know, it's gonna get caught. No. 
you know, one of those uh, teams that you've been uh, overlooking that I've been saying, hey, I'm, I'm kind of riding with them. They've been consistent all year. Even though they're coming out of the Mountain West and Wyoming, bro, they've been doing their thing. They, Stop. They knocked off uh, Fresno State um, week six. Stop. Fresno State was ranked number 24 in the nation. Beat them 24-19. And uh, Wyoming okay. continues to march on. And, and it seemed like the now problem watch. is. Now, the funny part is that you say that. You gonna have me watch a Wyoming game and they gonna get blown out, bro. So far, bro, only team that has beat them and blown them out is UT. You know what I'm saying? And, and UT beat them at UT. But so you saying if they was in Wyoming, they would have? It would have been a different game, bro. It <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, bro. That that seven <laughs> that seven thousand elevation, man, is it, is been playing a big part for them. It's been playing a huge part for them, and. You know, they continue to march on to get them victories. I, I give them that. I give them that. Uh, Rice Rice had lost to uh, UConn thirty eight to thirty one week six. I don't know how. And I just that's don't that's know how. it's just crazy because Rice they they beat U of H, they put up a fight against UT, um, they had beat South Florida, and. They beat somebody else too. But they they should have beat. They yeah, UConn, UConn, bro. It, they should have beat UConn. They should have walked all over UConn, bro. Easily. UConn is a basketball school. Very by far. And, and to lose to a team like that, it shouldn't have happened. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're terrible because I feel like if you can put together a consistent program. You can, you know, if you can really just motivate kids, and, and you know, that's why that's why Coach Prime is so popular right now because it's all about how you motivate the players. Regardless mm-hmm. of who you recruit, regardless of who is a walk-on, it's all about how you motivate and how you can get the most out of them. Right, right. And by doing so, you know, because at the end of the day, football is more than about X's and O's. It's all about who wants it more. And apparently, UConn came out there to prove to Rice that they wanted it more, and they showed. Because I know JT Daniels can get it done through the air. That's and, not. And it looked like he did. It was three. He had three hundred sixty-two yards passing. Um, I think he had like two interceptions in this game and one TD. And I think that's where where they faltered at. It's it's the turnovers. Yeah, the turnovers. But overall. You put up 31 points, the other team put up 38. It's the defense. You know what I'm saying? They had to play better defense on a team like UConn. Should have been able to do so. I think JT Daniels, if he gets a great opportunity in the NFL, I feel like he would start out as a backer, but I feel like he can actually rise to a starter. It's a big possibility. I hope so. I mean, after, what, six, seven years in college football, he, he got to have it figured out by now. Hey, hey, whatever it takes. Uh, his his biggest benefactor is Luke McCaffrey, though. Like <laughs> McCaffrey, little brother. I mean, this dude been balling, bro. He had a hundred yards receiving. Yeah, Every time I look at him, he's doing something big. Yeah, yeah he, he was tearing University of Houston up. He's really taking after his father, Ed, as far as like his his route running, his hands and things like that, because he knows how to get open. He knows what to do once he catches the ball. And he knows how to really just, you know, find a way to really fight for the extra yardage. I like that about him. Yeah. He's, he's actually going to be good. If he's given the opportunity to get to the NFL, he's 
he's gonna be good. Oh, he's gonna get a chance just because of his name. Oh, there's no question about so. that. Very much so. Um, the late game for week six was Colorado at Arizona State, and Colorado almost lost that game. I don't know if you got to see it, but I don't know, man. Like Dion, they know how to excel on the offense. Shadur, he looks shaky sometimes, especially when he's under pressure. He most definitely needs to stay another year in college football and work that out. Uh, but that defense, boy, that defense is questionable as hell. Man, I will be glad next year when Warren Sapp becomes a part of his coaching staff. And I'm going to tell you why. When you look at their defense, the one thing that, that I know for a fact that I haven't seen in any game they don't put any pressure on the quarterback. Whether it's coming from the end, the tackle, whatever. They rely too heavily on the secondary and on the linebacker group. But there is no pressure at all from the front seven. Like none. I'm talking about they don't even they don't even make the pocket collapse or nothing. The every single game, the quarterback sits in the pocket and just completes Pass after pass after pass. Right. Only now, if the quarterback scrambles out, they might get a sack or something here and there. But as far as like applying pressure to the quarterback, there's none. And there's none at all. And it's pretty crazy because you know Arizona State is pretty much at the bottom of the Pac-12 right now, so they struggled against a bottom feeder. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know why they was talking uh, to the Cotton Bowl uh, committee because. Dang, cotton bowl <laughs> well, material. I feel like in years to come, it's because it's gonna take a while. <clears throat> just looking, just looking at like the defense where it stands right now, the offensive line where Colorado stands right now. Man, we talking about Colorado more than we talking about the Cowboys. Like it's it's wild, but that's good though because sometimes you just need that publicity just to, you know, make your recruits and, you know, get things in perspective as far as, like, where you want your team to go mm-hmm. and how you want them to be. So their biggest move, honestly, is to go back to the Big 12. They need that. And then on top of that, once they put certain people in place, but my biggest fear about Colorado, what is Dion going to do after his kids declare or graduate or whatever they're going to do? They can't play for him forever. Yeah. So what he, do you? So what do you? So what is life gonna be after Shador? Unless he jumps in the NFL. Nah, he not ready. He not ready. Like I know he can coach in the NFL. I'm not, and I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying that mentally he's not ready because it's a, it's different. It's you can't really motivate college kids the same way you can motivate grown men because everything is different. Yeah, and, you can't you can't come up with the same man. speeches. You know you got. I feel like in college is more on you, and the NFL is more on them because you got to find a way to hold them accountable. Yeah, and yeah. I know a lot of coaches in the NFL don't really do that. They try to be a player's coach, and a lot of times that leads to like disaster. Sometimes. Yeah, and as a grown man, you ain't gonna listen to another grown man like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, you got people like that. In comparison to a college, a college student that's been looking up to Dion, you know, like, oh, it's Dion, man, I do whatever he say, you know, you know, it's, it's easier to influence them. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. Um, 
U of H was on a bye week. Uh, week six, they prepared for West Virginia um, on the bye week, so it's not much to say about that. Um, going into week seven, though, they did play West Virginia. Yes, sir. And um, catch of the year. I was at the game, um, bro. Like Houston, Houston offensively, they're pretty good. Donovan Smith, excellent. You know what I'm saying? That especially the second half. He threw nothing but completions, no incompletions, no interceptions. Uh, if you look at what he's been doing the last couple weeks, honestly, he's been a damn good quarterback. I mean, he do hold the ball too long still, but offensively, bro, if they can just keep the run game going, um, Houston will be fine on the offensive side. Defense, number 15, the, the corner uh, – that boy, he he's horrible, dog. He's, oh, he's man, horrible. You can't say that about the kid. Nah, he's just horrible. Say, he's, hey, he's in, he he just needs to improve. Yeah, he's horrible. He's like, horrible. I don't like to me. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, I understand. You know, talent is talent. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. No, but I feel nah, like I didn't, nah. I didn't say he wasn't talented. No, 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 no. I know he do kick return. Kick returns. Yeah. That boy, awesome. But I don't know, bro. That same speed that he got on the kick return is not there when he playing slot. Because he can beat like every other play. And I always thought that slot was more easy to play because, number one, you are covering the inside route, so you automatically have help from a linebacker. And if you, you know, if it's deep, you automatically have help from a safety. So, I don't really know. And then, but I think, see, the problem is a lot of times well, when they was playing West Virginia, um, they played a lot of man coverage. And I don't think the safeties was actually playing zone up top. They was playing man sometimes too. Oh, and so, okay. So, so just, that means some of them coming in to get a tight end. Yeah, or, or, they, or they playing blitz, you know. Yeah. And, and they just leaving him on that one receiver. And he, they just toasting that boy, bro. I'm telling you, bro, if you go back and watch the game, I watched the game twice because I was there. And then I came home and I watched the game again. And they just picked on him the whole game. They picked on him every every other play. Is he a Especially, freshman? I don't know if he a freshman. I don't think so. I think honestly, I think he transferred from somewhere else. Oh, okay. So okay. I, I want to say he transferred from. I know they had one one corner come from TSU. Um, they had another corner. He came from, and I want to say he, this is the one. He came from um, East Carolina or something like that. I think. Like he's talented. He just he yeah he needs to improve. Okay. Most definitely. Either that or they need to give him some safety help because I'm pretty sure um, whoever U of H play next, they're going to start picking on him more and more unless he can hold his own. So technically, he's just an athlete and they're just trying to see where they can plug and play him. Right now, I mean, yeah. Because you say on special teams, he's awesome. Yes, bro, he had a kick return. And then, yeah, so basically right now, they're probably just trying to fill him out and see what his strong suit is. So you, I wouldn't even be surprised this week coming up, you might see him at wide receiver. No, I don't think I don't oh, think he's gonna stretch oh, it like that. He's nah, he gonna do something on the defensive side, bro. He's a state kick return. But I mean, granted, Houston did win 41-39. Uh they was up by eleven points in the game in the fourth quarter with about seven to five minutes left. Um and Houston could have easily put the game away. Honestly, bro, I, I don't understand what they was doing in those those last seven minutes. They should have been more aggressive, but at the same time, they should have been running the clock out, bro. It, it should have never been a, a chance for West Virginia to ever take the lead at the end of the game. You know what True. I'm saying? 
uh, with 11, 11 points, bro, with five minutes left, the game should be over. We are. You know what I'm saying? Game should be over. That's a two-score game. Um, There's no way I, I can let, allow my defense to give up 14 points that easily. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, Stephon Johnson made the, the crazy, amazing Hail Mary catch. Kudos to him. But it shouldn't even, it, it should never have came to that, never, bro. Never. You know, like, you up 11 points. And and that's what, that's what I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at the point that we was up 11 points on West Virginia. West Virginia was favored to beat Houston. Um, and I feel like we did what we were supposed to do up until then. And that, I think a lot of that is on coaching. And I think that's where they got to improve at, you know, uh, especially when, when you got to face other teams that's going to put up a lot of points. And being in the Big 12, bro, you got to learn how to stop stop teams, but also got to learn how to keep the possession of the ball. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You can't give it back and expect that your defense is going to go out there and uh, stop West Virginia, especially when you know what you got on the side, on the defensive side of the ball. It ain't too great right now. Yeah. So... Like I said, offensive side, offensive wise, bro. Like Donovan Smith, he did everything he had to do in that game. I I think uh, running wise, we did good. Stacy Snead, he had seventy eight yards rushing, um, and we played a, a pretty solid game. But de- defensively, coaching wise, bro, they got to do better. Um, especially you know looking towards the next week. But we'll talk about that that big team that we got to play in Burnt Orange later. Um, Otherwise, man, it was some other good games, you know. Um, Oregon and Washington, man, that game. Was Talk good. about a shootout, and that was that was game of the week. Number eight, Oregon versus number seven, Washington. Uh, Bo Nix, he played his ass off, but Phoenix did as well. Yeah. Like so, and then the crazy part about that is, now I can't even look at USC as the best team. In the Pac-12. They're not. They're not. The so, but at the same time, even though Oregon lost, I still I still honestly feel that Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Washington is really going to, you know, debate me on that, and they're going to really just, you know, come for me, but I really want them to realize it like, it was that was a true definition of a shootout right there. Oh yeah, like that was like that was like true back and forth. Like and it came and down and to and the wire. And yeah, come down to a missed field goal. Yeah, like that's how. And I feel like if Oregon had a second chance, I feel like Oregon would come out on top because not just strategically. I feel like they actually have the better coach. They don't have the better quarterback because I really feel like that Michael Penix Jr. is the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Oregon's defense is the better defense. So that's crazy. It's like I feel like Washington has the the QB and receiver tandem. You know, they have the offense to really just dominate the Pac-12. But I feel like Oregon's defense and special teams keeps them not only in games, but helps them really dominate games. Because we've already seen that USC has no defense. So. <coughs> They have a great quarterback, but no defense. Well, that great quarterback in Caleb Williams didn't play great against Notre Dame, 199 yards. He had some turnovers in that game. Oh, no. Uh, and no, it's funny. Tell that we, the truth. And that it, boy had nothing but picks. 
Exactly. And that's why I say Caleb Williams ain't that great to me. And um, especially when we look at Notre Dame, we just seen him seen them lose to Louisville and they got handled. And then they go back home and they handle USC, which was number 10 in the nation. But look at it this way. That game right there, we can't take nothing away from Notre Dame because Notre Dame almost beat Ohio State. Off there, but they lost because of their own stupidity. And then to turn around, get embarrassed by Louisville, come back, and then, and, and just and then come back and steal. Not hey, say like, oh, we gonna feel sorry for ourselves because we got USC. Hey, they, they came out and came out hard and aggressive, and they took care of business. They filled the bucket against USC. Forty-eight points versus twenty. They whooped their ass. Very much so. Because it was really over in the first half. Bro, it was. It was, it was, and it it was, was 27 just getting worse. Yeah, it was, it was just getting, getting worse. worse and worse. Yeah. It, it got to the point where it was like, yeah, I might as well turn this channel, bro. Because yeah. they ain't fighting back from this. Because every time I turned it on and I was looking at because I, I was in Vegas for that game. Every time I looked up, he was throwing another pick. Yeah. It was like. So, when, when he go out there and he do that, yeah, you could say it's coaching and stuff. But, honestly, he's throwing the ball. You know, coach only can do so much. He throwing the ball to the team. That's Caleb Williams, bro. So, what do you think he? What do you think he gonna do on the next level? Throw more picks because the defense is gonna be even harder to read, and the 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 speed of the game is gonna be even faster. So, this is this is what this is what I want this is what I want to know because in you know they always say how fast paced college football is. But we always see a lot of college quarterbacks holding on to the ball too long. So, you know, I know that creates turnovers. But at the same time, how do you, I wonder how, like, how do you, like, navigate that to actually bring them down to stop doing that? Like, I think it's just reps and practice. Like, they have to learn how to, you know, read their, their reads faster. But a lot of quarterbacks I notice in college – they don't really know how to read defense, so I'm I'm trying to figure like that's when because do you, it's when the do you system. gain that awareness? It's a system, though. That that's part of that's part of the issue, and that's why I don't think he's going to be good in it uh, NFL because name a good NFL quarterback that came from USC number one, and yeah, it's a different coach, but Carson Palmer was decent. All the guys that that was under Lincoln Riley, they all transferred. But at the same time, too, though. Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator. That's why that, that's probably why that offense is like really just Well, I mean like sporadic. Alright, so we can give him credit on this. Cliff Kingsbury, he well, he produced Mahomes, right? He produced Mahomes, he produced um Murray. Yeah. No, no, no. That was Lincoln Riley. That was Lincoln Riley. Didn't, didn't Murray wasn't he at Texas Tech at one point? And or and then he went to Oklahoma? I don't I don't know. I don't know that that one. But I know he did work with him when he was in Arizona, and he had some of his best seasons in Arizona. So I'm not saying that Cliff Kingsbury is bad, but I feel like Cliff Kingsbury is not really teaching him how to read defense. He's just teaching him how to really just execute his play. Because the system that they're running, bro, it's a system where they don't really have to read like that. It's a it's just read one, read read two, two, just drop. Yeah, get rid of the ball. You know, it's, it's nothing. If those two when, they, when he go up to the line, it's nothing uh, really hard for him to you know figure out. He's not making reads at the line and saying, "Oh, uh, yeah, he ain't changing." Mike, 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 twenty two. You know, uh, watch this blitz over here off the edge. Watch the Sam. Watch the wheel. 
he ain't doing all that at the moment. And I mean, doesn't it doesn't really take away from what he can be because he could be coached and learn, you know, all those things. True. But right now, I just don't feel like he's a number one pick worthy. Damn. So, so tell me this: Do you feel that they should actually teach quarterbacks in college more to read defense, or should that, or should that start like, or should that start like in high school, or should that start like, you know, like when should be able to like to Honestly, actually, I mean, to grasp like different, like you know. Like so, I know you can go out there and be like, "Oh, they're in a four three, or they're in a you know they're in a three four, or you gotta five, be a, two, you gotta be a four two five. But at the same time, I mean that's that's part of the quarterback. It's not really that they should teach him that. Yeah, he should learn that along the way because you got to prep for games and that's part of film. Uh, but maybe it's just part of him needing to be in the film room a little bit more, learn a little bit more how to read the defenses so he can see what he's looking at, so he can see. What option is probably going to be open after he look at read one versus read two, or you know, or knowing that read one, whoever the receiver X or whatever is going already going to be locked up because he's going to have double coverage, so he should not even he could look that way just to try to you know pull the defense that way, but then look back over here to read three or whatever to try to drop it off. So I think a lot of that's just part of him, you know, doing reps, film, and just kind of figuring out everything. But a lot of that is also about the scheme. So we don't really know like the whole in depth or like how they you know how they uh, articulate everything as far true. as uh, their offense. Yeah, that's what I really want to know. Man, we gonna have to we gonna have to go but, to the U of H field one day and just see like you know how they how they prep Donovan Smith just to see like do they are they teaching him just to execute the play or are they teaching him to read the defense and, to execute? And I the think play? some some college offenses they do just teach you how to execute the play. That's why when they get to the next level, uh, best example is Justin Fields. He don't know how to read shit. Oh. He don't know how to read shit. And it's because crazy. everything that he was doing, it was pretty much already, I think, set up for him. And then sometimes it's not even about it being set up for you. Sometimes you just got a great athlete at receiver, and you just know he's going to be open. You're like, yeah, man, I know Marvin Harrison going to be open every time. I'm just going to throw it up. He's going to go get it. Yeah. You know? I ain't got to read none of his other shit because I know Marvin Harrison going to be I know Chris Olave going to be on the other side. No, you know what I'm saying? But you know what? It's funny that you say that because look, cause look at it like this. Because C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud had Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson, Jackson Smith and Nick and Jigba, and he had, um, what was the other receiver? He, had, he did have Chris Olave too. He had all three of them. But he can read defense. Yeah. He can read. I'm talking about he... Can sit there and but he was coming out of a spread too, so where he can actually see it up hand. But like I said, it's it's also being a student of the game. You True. got you. It's part. It's a part of him asking questions after the game and putting in the work before the game. You know, at talking to people, mentors and stuff, trying to figure things out. And some people got those connections, some people don't. But you at Ohio State, bro, you got all the connections in the world. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, especially when you. When the, the magnifying glasses on you like that, that is true. So that is, and, and that's why I feel like that's why I'm kind of that's why I was kind of disappointed in Caleb this past weekend because it's like you had all those scouts come out and see you. You supposed to be the projected number one pick. Whether you you know no, whether you go out this year or next year, you still gonna be the projected number one pick. And it's like, bro, he just went out there. You know, you know who you remind me of. You know who you remind me of. Who without the success right now. Vince Young. 
except Vince Young was more successful on the college level. But true, because he. I, I see some some comparisons. Yeah. Because he got the arm strength, he got the leadership, he got the tenacity. But as far as like, I don't think he's putting the work in behind the scenes. I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. But uh. Because I feel like sometimes, like, Caleb try to, like, force stuff in there just because he know he has the arm strength. And it's like, that's not that's not what they need you to do. Like, you don't have to be Superman. Yeah. But we do need you to be consistent. But you don't have to sit here and think your arm finna just, you know, just carry us all the way through. Right. We need you to execute what we need you to do. But you got to be smart about when you let the ball go. Like, because that, that, that game against Notre Dame, I don't know. What he, I know a lot of them plays, like I know he saw that linebacker, I know he saw that safety. Like, what are you trying to force it in there for? It's like it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You just giving him the ball. Now he can say, Oh, it's a miscue on between me and the wide receiver, but it wasn't really. You got the linebacker underneath, you got the corner up top, and you got and you trying to force him to the little tiny window for no apparent reason at all. Yeah. Hopefully, Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley can clean that up for this week. Because I'm telling you, the way it's looking right now, they're not going to beat Washington or Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Nah, uh, nah. Either one of them. And, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. Pac-12 is pretty deep this year. Because you got Oregon State, they've been good. Uh, Washington State, been good. Even though they recently lost, but they still been good. You know, there's a lot of good teams out there that can knock them out. And... To be honest, I mean, you see Colorado almost knocked them out yeah. coming back. So, yeah, man, USC, they in a bad position right now. But um, Alabama and Arkansas, they played against each other uh, week seven. That turned out to be and a game better than I thought, too. 24-21 victory by Alabama. Do you think Alabama will fall off, uh, you know, again? Like, do you think they'll lose? Yes. But I think the only team now that can probably actually have a chance to beat them, it's, it's, it's only – let me see. Have, have they played Auburn yet? No. I think that's the only one that can probably do it. I have to look at their schedule, but nah. Cause I, because honestly, like I want to say LSU might be able to do it, but they so shaky on offense. Brian Kelly is not like he he puts them in the right I don't right know, position. bro. I don't know because LSU did put up 48 points against Auburn versus Auburn's 18 week seven, and they whooped the hell out of Auburn. So, LSU might be the team that could possibly knock off Alabama. Yeah, because I didn't think that Alabama's quarterback issues would carry on this long. I thought Nick Saban would have got it together by now, but it's still, you can tell in that Arkansas game, it's like, and then they don't have the run game that they used to have to rely on, so they're forcing themselves to throw the ball more, and it's not looking good. They need to really just find a way to go back to basics because Alabama is not looking like the Alabama that just dominated the 2010s. Nah, but I, I don't know. I think Alabama is, is still Alabama, but it's just it's just easier for players to transfer now, bro, and, and some of these other teams are actually getting better. You know what I'm saying? Especially, uh, you know, because Alabama, they be having a lot of five-star players that just be sitting on the bench, red shirt. And some of these players, they can go transfer – and play somewhere else now immediately and uh, get a taste of that college football. Believe it or not, I don't think that's going to last too much longer. The transfer portal? You think they're going to? They're going to find a way to either put some new rules in place to obstruct it to, like, 
the amount of transfers you can receive or the amount of time you can sit out because it, it, it's starting to just get too crazy. Well, I, I think then they already they already changed it to a, like when players can transfer. Yeah, like because of that USC, of because of that wide receiver from uh from no from UNC from North Carolina. Remember yeah. they wouldn't let him play at first because he hit the transfer portal, but they trying to say you yeah, hit it too, too late, late. Yeah. and all that. So now I feel like me personally, I feel like if you are unhappy at your school and you transfer, I feel like you need to sit out at least two games. That's fair. At That's least fair. two. I'm not saying you got to sit out the whole year or you got to sit out half the season, but you at least need to sit out two games <clears throat> to see, like, you know, are you even going to be implemented in the offense at all if you even want you to sit out these two games? I think, honestly, I would say four games. Well, you treat me like a real NFL suspension. I mean, <laughs> the only reason I say that is because, like, a red shirt player, he only gets to play four games out the season. So, at least if the transfer set out four games. That'd be kind of fair. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. But I was just saying, like, because, you know, this person might be a senior. So, that's why I say two games. If it's a junior or a senior, they just try to get, like, some, you know, just some playing time before they even, you know, try to declare for the draft or try to go to the XFL, USFL, or whatever it is that they're trying to do to continue their football career. Mm-hmm. I feel like they just trying to get as much exposure as possible. That's why I say, if you sit out two games, learn the system, bam, you get in there. You're good to go. But four games makes more sense because what you're really doing, you're crippling the kids from trying to always jump in the transfer portal if they unhappy. Yeah, and, and then a lot of times it's like with the portal, bro, like we, we talked about this before, a lot of it really don't make sense, like why these kids just be transferring like that. Oh, uh, you know what oh, I'm saying? I don't, like, I don't like the fact that I only had two catches and, and I wanted the ball thrown to me ten times. Man, come on. Yeah, bro. like like a lot of this stuff. They really transfer for no reason. It's just like they just doing it because they can do it. Yeah. You know? Or he told me he's going to give me a better NIL deal. Or and, he told me he's going to give me, like, you know, more playing time. And he told me, I know I'm a freshman, but he said I was going to start over this senior. Like, nah, bro. That's Yeah, some of it just be unrealistic, bro. Like, you know, I think maybe for the players to get into a portal, maybe they need to be accepted into the portal. And it need to be valid reasons why they're trying to transfer. Yeah, I feel like all the reasons need to be validated at this point. Yeah, because everybody's just jumping in the portal. Like, there's no reason why Dion should have got a whole new team, bro, through a yeah, portal. Through the portal, like that—that's insane. And like you said, maybe they need to limit. Like, maybe it need to be like 15 players at the motion get through the yeah, portal or something. I, like, that. like Texas State and Colorado, they both got like what over 70 players. Like, come on, man! It's just crazy. Because, and then, you know, too, now that, you know, schools, you got to realize, too, schools like SMU, schools like Texas A&M who get all of this, you know, financial backing from their boosters, mm-hmm. they, they they want the transfer portal to be open like that. So they can just recruit them and then put everything on these NIL deals. Yep. And I feel like the NIL deals, they need to start capping the money, too. I think that's what I think that's what they've been meaning about though about the UIL like they gotta figure something out. Man, they gotta cap the money. Like, there's no reason, there is no reason Shadur Sanders should be making four million dollars a year. He shouldn't. Like, there's no reason why there should be no bro, millionaires in college. Bro, them boys come into the game in college, bro, with gold chains on, big pieces like they rappers and shit. Like, like 
you like I understand you're good. I understand you're a five star recruit. I understand you're a blue chip. I understand all of that. But there is no reason that I feel like the cap should be a million dollars. And the only reason why I'm saying it is because. You're not really teaching hey. them the value of money by just throwing it to them because they're good. You know, I just thought about something. You know, it's funny that they had this big-ass fight about if, you know, there could be college video games and all that kind of shit because of money. Like, bro, these niggas make so much money off of the NIL now. Yeah. Bro, everybody should better make a college football game, bro, or college yeah, basketball. It, it, it doesn't like, mean anything. Like, bro. what is the point of that now, bro? Just go ahead and make the game. Y'all really worried about a, a five hundred dollar check or whatever y'all gonna get from EA yeah. or whatever? Yeah, like, they getting, bro, they getting y'all endorsements getting, from yeah, Nike, endorsements like, from everybody, just, bro. Like, this is the only this this is what makes life so crazy. America is the only country that I know where they make so much money off exploitation. Crazy. The more I can exploit you, the more money I can make off your your name, your image, your likeness. Yeah. The better off my hey, company will be. I'm gonna talk about the exploitation, but it's gonna be on a different sport later on. But I'm gonna tell you who can be real marketable, bro, if he just do a couple things. If he just change a couple things, but okay, like, okay. I'm gonna talk about that. Uh, let's finish up this week seven, man. Uh, Oregon State and UCLA played each other. They was both ranked. Oregon State 15, UCLA 18. Oregon State pulled off the win, 36-24. Um, another good game was. North Carolina and Miami, like I said, Drake May, he continue, continues to be consistent. He got the dub 41 to 31 against um, number 25, Miami. Uh, yeah, the one game that did go over my head that I did not realize, Pitt beat Louisville after they just upset Notre Dame. Stop. <laughs> and, and they beat them easily, bro, 38 to 21. So that that's pretty what? crazy, you know, especially nice. when we talk about how – they just handled Notre Dame. So, I mean, when you look at that kind of stuff, bro, it's like you really don't know who's really going to be like. Yeah, college is, college is, is so always unpredictable, week to week. bro. It's, like, it's always week to week. Bro, speaking about unpredictable, like, bro, I've been doing them little bets, man, and, like, college is the hardest thing to bet on it, on players because one week this dude here run for 100 yards, next week he'll get yeah. 20 yards. Yeah, the over-under like, in college. Bro, week. like. And because and then another thing too, it'd be so funny because like one college player can have a great game, then the next week he don't even play. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he don't like, even play. Or he, he don't even play. Or, or he do play, but he don't get no targets. Yeah, like, like it's man. like crazy. Um another good game, bro. I actually I watched this another A and M, bro. You was on it. A and M, bro, just just be, you know, letting the nigga down. Tennessee. No, Tennessee is good though. But Tennessee is good. Tennessee but, is good. A and M is always right there. And I mean, I'm not no A and M fan. I just, I'm just trying to figure out when Jimbo gonna have some success, bro. Cause hey, you know who else remind me of Texas A and M? Because you know, every time I think they are gonna pull it out there, I was Ole Miss is the same way. Texas A and M and Ole Miss, they give you the greatest first three quarters you could ever ask from a team. Mm-hmm. Then that fourth quarter, you just be like. What? The <laughs> fuck is this? It's funny you say that because I haven't really watched Ole Miss like that. Man, what? Hey, I can't wait for Texas A&M and Ole Miss to play each other. That they gonna be like. But you know, looking at their records, I could I could possibly just see like over the years because they're like two big, you no know, big name teams or whatever. But they always produce like mediocre football. 
That's the crazy part. And then the crazy part is they get, they pay their coaches extremely well. They get, like, you know. They get blue chip players. I know they get, but see, they don't get as many five stars, but they get a lot of fours and threes. And I feel like, I feel like this. If you get a lot of fours and threes, that means if you got a, a top tier coach, you can turn those fours and threes into fives and fours. Yeah. So I don't see what the issue is or what the problem is or why they just keep not having success. I just really don't get it. Uh, it's just mind boggling sometimes how they just never. It's, it's really just hard to understand like, like the product they put on the field. You know, you 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 just think that A and M would do better. Like you said, you think Ole Miss would do better. Like I, I just felt like Ole Miss had a chance. You know, eventually they'd knock off Alabama, but. <laughs> It never happens, you know. A and M, same thing. Like it never happens. Like they, I think they beat, bro. Since A and M been in the SEC, they beat Alabama like two times to their like thirteen or something. But wait a minute, wait a minute. But has Jimbo ever beaten Alabama? I don't know. Jim, Jimbo ain't never beat Alabama. Uh, no, it was Kevin. It was Kevin something that beat. And you know what? I guess that's another reason why I be looking at A and M because I be trying to figure out what was the difference between them having Sumlin and having Jimbo Fisher. And how long are you going to allow Jimbo Fisher to keep going out here, putting this same product out here on the field week in, week out, and not fire him? Because I'm not seeing a difference between him and Sumlin. You know what I'm saying? At all. And I honestly, I would probably say Sumlin was probably doing a little bit better job than Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, because he actually got Johnny Manziel but to we, watch film. Look, but we know we know what it is, bro. It's about that skin color. Don't it's say about it. that skin color, bro. Don't say it. It is. I mean, Jimbo ain't did nothing. And since Jimbo been there, and them ain't been to no big bowl. No, they just go to the the regular bowls. They they've never made the playoffs. They've never even had a ten win season. Exactly. Think about that. They, they, they've never they've never bro, had a ten win. And them is really not relative. No Heisman, no Heisman candidates, no ten win season. They, Never beat they, Alabama. Bro, when they, you start breaking it down like that, they hey, I hope no A and M boosters are listening right now because they gonna go in there with pitchforks trying to get Jimbo fired. They need night. to, bro. A and M ain't did nothing since Johnny Manziel. How long ago was that? Shit, probably ten years ago. Damn. Damn. That's crazy. I gotta look that up. They had, they had, uh, what's the one black dude? They had what's the play playing quarterback, um, Kelly Martin. Yeah, they was, they was okay. But yeah, but it, but the point is, they still didn't win anything. I mean, like, yeah, is A and M ranked? Yeah, it's because they're in the SEC. But have they really did anything to really be notable, relative? No. And they Especially always in, have great recruiting classes too. I'm trying to figure out what bro, they're doing. Speaking of that. Last season, they had the number one recruiting class in the nation. I know you lie. Same thing every year, bro. Well, that's just crazy. You can't have the same recruiting class every year. And um, and um, is is not it, bro. Hopefully, uh, under a new regime, they might be. Because the crazy part is, they improve every year in basketball. They improve every year in baseball. But football is just very stagnant. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to insult Jimbo. 
I'm just trying to figure out, like, look, you can't just keep going eight and four, seven and five, nine and three, and think that they're going to keep paying you 15 to $20 million a year. No, you can't. You can't. You, he at he, some he point. at least put a 10-win season together. Yeah. Or at least, or I'd rather, believe it or not, this might sound crazy, I'd rather A&M go to the playoffs and get blown out by the number one team. Just like going, just sneaking there as a four seed, get blown out by the number one seed. Because at least that's showing me progress. Yeah. That you at least, you know, improving because you got to realize if a lot of kids now, before Texas transferred over, they'd rather go to Texas and them than Texas because they know they was gonna be in the they was gonna be on TV. They was gonna get, you know, generate a lot of revenue because they're playing against Alabama. They know they're playing against the best of the best. They're playing against Auburn. They're playing against Tennessee. They're playing against everybody in the SEC. Yeah. So back then, if I had a choice out of Texas or Texas A&M, and I'm a five-star athlete, I know I'm taking Texas A&M. But now the transfer portal has opened up. I can go any team I want to. Now Texas is going to the SEC, so there's no reason. Because guess what? Believe it or not, Texas would still be in Texas. A&M wasn't living up to the hype. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, they might lose to Oklahoma or Texas. But at the end of the day, they still ranked in the top 10. They lost to Oklahoma and still in the top 10. Because Texas going to keep being Texas, like you said. Because this, because let me, I guarantee you, before it's said and done, Texas won't lose another game and they're going to meet Oklahoma again in the Big 12 Championship. No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Who they going to meet then? Hey, no, Texas is going to lose another game with you know what I'm saying? Oh! I, you know what? I know what he's talking about. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, hey, I almost, I almost screwed myself right there. Hey, but, like, uh, go Coons. Go Coons. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? Wyoming had lost, bro. <laughs> ah. <laughs> see, see what I'm talking about? Hey, but they didn't lose at home, though. They lost, they lost against Air Force. <laughs> 34-27. Man, he want me to watch these people. I, I, you know, I was on the hype train, man. Hey, I was look, on the hype train. My boy looking for another. He looking for another Josh Allen for somebody for some team. <laughs> That's what he looking for. Hey, look. Um, you know it's pretty interesting. U of H is the only team out of the new, the new uh, Big Twelve teams to get a, a a win against a Big Twelve team so far. BYU, BYU hasn't won anything yet. No, BYU played TCU uh, week seven. And they got dominated 44-11 at TCU. Um, yeah, that's sad. UCF, I think they're on the bye week. But they haven't won anybody. I mean, beat anybody yet either. So, uh, that's the wrap on week seven, bro. Um, looking at week eight, getting to, you know, where we at today, currently. Right, let's take a little break. Connoisseurs, don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. The sports connoisseur, D-Raw. Okay, so we back at it. It's week eight, and uh started off. Today is Thursday. Thursday night, we got the Rice House facing off against the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. Uh Spread is in favor of Tulsa winning the game by three, but I think Rice might pull off a, a dub this week, especially since they fell against uh, UConn 
the last time they went out there and played. Rice is coming off a of bye week as well, so that's always in favor of Rice, uh, you know, getting better and possibly beating Tulsa and going four and three. I don't like the fact that Tulsa is favored in this game. Rice, really, there should be no line at all, because honestly, Rice has proven week after week they've improved every week. They are very competitive in all of their games. Yes, they do come short, but hey, not every team can go undefeated. That's true. But at the same time, it's like you're not even giving them the benefit of the doubt just because they lost to UConn. Okay, UConn just had their number one week. But the point is, though, they've shown that they can still compete. It's not they got blown out by UConn. They only lost by a touchdown. That's facts. And then what? what is what is Tulsa's record? Tulsa's 3-3 three and three as well. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So, okay, maybe if they was under five hundred, I probably would have been, you know, felt a little bit more slightly. I mean, if you if you think about it, Rice is really kind of favorite because, like, don't they give you, like, what, four points or something for being at home? In yeah. The, in, the, in the line? They give you the spread, yeah. So, so really, if you think about it, Rice is kind of favorite. So, what's the spread on it? Three points. Oh, man, that ain't that ain't really no spread. That's, they might wouldn't leave a shit either. So I, I think I think Rice will uh, get the dub, bro. I think they'll move on to be four and three this week. Um, should be a pretty good game to watch. You know, it being Thursday night, um, I don't think it's gonna be better than what we what we've seen previously. You know, Houston and West Virginia, but I think it'll be a pretty solid game. Another game that's coming on at six o'clock on Thursday is uh, James Madison Dukes and Marshall Thunder and Herd. Um, if I'm choosing between the two of them, Rice, I'm gonna watch Rice, of course. Yeah, hands down. Um, now. Getting to Saturday though, that's what all the big dogs play, and that noon game, bro, the biggest game of them all is gonna be Penn State and Ohio State playing against each other, both undefeated, six and zero. Uh, the spread is four and a half, leaning towards Ohio State being at home. Ooh, I I will say this because you know Ohio State sometimes they do play down to their opponent. So that means, like, you know, if they play a weaker opponent, they actually play on that same level as that weaker opponent. They need to come out in this game very aggressive. Like, yeah. very aggressive. Uh, I think <clears throat> I think in this game, the biggest thing is going to be about the defense and the quarterback play of both of the teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, can Ohio State quarterback do what he needs to do, you know, to take care of the ball, score a couple touchdowns, and to hold off Penn State at home? I think it's a big possibility, especially when we're looking at the percentage of chance that Ohio State win this game. Sixty three percent, bro. That's two thirds of the of the fraction. So, yeah, that's a that's a big man. That's a big line. So the basic they pretty much already saying they got it down, hand yeah. down. Yes. Yeah, I mean Ohio State should have a pretty good chance in this game. You know, at home, big noon game. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a sellout crowd. But I will say this, Penn State's been playing some damn good football lately. Yeah, and Ohio State always got the, the, the hardest games at home. Well, I guess that's that's a little you know, good so thing I for wonder, them. So I wonder, I wonder if they play Michigan at home this year. Uh, you know what, let's check out their schedule, bro, because uh, that's a good question. Because um, that's going to be the team that they really going to have to beat. You know, considering Penn State too, but they play at Michigan, so they'll be playing at the big house you know, okay. this year. Ooh, they play Rutgers. They got well, Michigan. Michigan State is in shambles, so we ain't gotta worry about them no more. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State is, is is no good right now, bro. Uh, that's not even nothing worth talking about. 
But um, I'm a, I'm gonna pull for Ohio State in this one. You always do. <laughs> That's uh, your squad, man. UCF, they're coming off a bye and they'll face Oklahoma. Uh, UCF is looking to finally get their first win in the Big 12 at well, Oklahoma. Do you think? No. Oh, look. Spread is 18 points at Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. They at Oklahoma too? Yeah. Oh, no. They're not really not. But. Rutgers, hey, just go ahead and just. You know, so, you don't think UCF can uh, knock off the Sooners? Hell no. No. Not no. a chance. No. No. Man. You well, see it? Central Florida, right? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Do you, do you think they cover the spread? The 18? Yeah. Now, that that one right there, I feel oh, like. Look, another thing is uh, UCF is getting their, their number one quarterback back. Um, they've been missing him the whole season. So So he's rusty. Yeah, it's possible, but they're coming off a of bye week, so he might not be too rusty. And so what, wait, wait, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. He coming back off a of bye week, so basically it's like he was still out. You know, he was just able to practice this time. Yeah. So he got one week's worth of practice. He going against Oklahoma in their defense. Well, you don't think Oklahoma overlooked him? No. Oklahoma not overlooking nobody this year. Nobody. So what you think the score going to be? Uh, I'm going to say, say, say 45-24. I'm going to say, I was going to say 49-17. So they covered that spread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. Uh, let's see, bro. In another, uh, Baylor and Cincinnati face off against each other. Cincinnati looking to get their first win in the Big Twelve, uh, but the spread is only three and a half against Baylor. Now both teams are two and four. Baylor has not looked too good this year. Baylor been struggling all year long, man. But do you think Baylor struggle against Cincinnati? Cincinnati do got a good defense. I know. That's why I feel like they're going to struggle against them, too, because Baylor has really no offense. And it's crazy. Like, Baylor used to be so prominent on offense. And I'm not just talking about, like, the, the RG3 years and all that kind of stuff with Corey Coleman and all that kind of stuff. They were actually a very good offensive team. I just don't know what happened. Like, don't even I know that little – that little art, you know what I'm saying, that little art thing with the coach, they got to change their whole philosophy and all that kind of stuff. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, it's like, come on. They're like, Baylor should be at least in the mix every year. Now they just become a, start to become a bottom feeder. Well, that's what they used to be anyway. And that's what they need to go back to. Go back to their little cave. Man. Especially since you're a veteran there now with them. <laughs> Man, don't nobody want to be the punching bag or the whipping boy forever. Hey, whip up on them every chance you get. Uh, Washington State and Oregon plays against each other this week. Spread is 20 points. Washington State did get their ass handed to uh, last week. But I think they'll look look to, you know, they're gonna look bounce better. back. They're going to look better, but I feel like Oregon still – like Bo Nicks, I'm telling he's solid. He's solid. So, spread is 20 points. They are not going to cover that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because, honestly, honestly, if somebody was like, hey, I'll give you 20 points if you take Washington State. Sold. Because Oregon, the only team they really blew out was, what, the first game of the season when they put up that 81? Yeah. 
The only thing, the only thing, thing that I would say about this one is that the game is at Oregon, so they kind of, you know, do give them a little favor. But 20 points, bro, that's pretty – that's a big that's, – That's three touchdowns. They're not going to do that. Yeah, that's They're a big much. But Oregon still win the game. Yeah, Oregon going to win. But they're not going to blow them out like that. They ain't going to just, you know, just put up. Now, do you think it's a chance that Oregon just overlooked Washington State, though? They can't at this point because that loss – against Washington hurt them, so they got to take every game serious now. And depending, especially if they play USC. Or do you think that uh, it's possible that that loss could really just impact them to the point, you know, where they might go out there and they might have a low morale and lose again? Nah, they they need, they know they need these wins. And then, so, that's crazy. So, if they both come out USC Washington and Oregon all finished with the same record, eleven and one. Who wins? How do you get the tiebreaker out of that? I guess it's just man who beat who, and who was the highest ranked at the time. The strength of schedule. Damn, that shit crazy because they they play each other for real. <laughs> so it's like, how do you really divide like? The, so I guess they got to go by the earlier games in the season. Yeah. Um, this is another big game that. I think the TV kind of, you know, TV people kind of overlook. It might be on ABC. I don't know. But you got Tennessee taking on Alabama this week. Alabama at home. Spread is nine and a half. I don't think Alabama's going to cover the nine and a half. You think it's going to be a close one? It's going to be a close one. And, uh, I mean, you look at Tennessee's five and one, Alabama's six and one. The way I've been looking at Alabama, they haven't been blowing nobody out besides who? Uh, no. They, they, they blew out. They blew out somebody like Man, what was it? Ole Miss. The first game. No, they didn't blow out Ole Miss. No, it was Kentucky. Yeah, they blew out Kentucky. They Kentucky. didn't blow out Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, but besides that, bro, they ain't blew out nobody. And honestly, I'd probably say this might be the year that Tennessee get Alabama. Ooh. And you know what? You know, I'm gonna be honest, people. I'm, I'm against Alabama every week. Whoever they play, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm hopping on that train. If it was a and I'm hopping on that train, bro. I can't wait to see Alabama. I want Alabama to lose so that I know that Alabama is not going to be in the tournament this year. I'm tired of seeing them every year, bro. Hey, believe it or not, last year the tournament was actually better without them in there. It was. It was actually because it because it gives you something to look forward to because you know, well, I don't have to worry about you know seeing Alabama in there again. Like you don't say that you don't say that about Georgia. Nah, you don't say that about nah, Ohio State. You don't say that about Michigan because you don't those see them teams, every year. Because you don't see them every year. But now I'm, I'm tired of seeing Georgia too. So you know when they depending on who they play, I hype on, I hype hey, on other teams. You know what's too. crazy? I haven't seen a single Georgia game on TV this year. I have. When I seen two of them, well, I seen them play. Uh, I think Kentucky. I. I, I Maybe look, that's no. That's who blew out Kentucky, Georgia. I think. Man, I haven't seen. And uh, and I seen them against I think South Carolina, and they almost lost that game, and it was at home. Man, that's crazy. They on TV, bro, because they number one in the nation. They on TV. Man, they must not be playing anybody good, because I don't see them on TV at all. They ain't played nobody you want them to play yet. That's why. Oh, that's see. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm thinking like. Yeah. They play Auburn, but they beat them. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I don't think Auburn Man, really. You know who got the hardest schedule in the SEC this year? 
And it just dawned on me because they on TV every week. That damn Florida. Yeah, let me in their ass, handed too. Florida. Hey, Florida, them, them boys are like, you know what? Give me all the tough teams. Yeah. Let's yeah. lose them all. Yeah. <laughs> lose them. They most definitely lose them. They not a bad team, but yeah. Yeah, they be like, you know what? Yeah, just just give me that one. You want Alabama? Yeah. You want Georgia? Yeah. Well, we got two foreign teams in the Big 12, bro, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Do you think uh, West Virginia bounce back or do you think Oklahoma State take care of business? Man, the Cowboys been quiet this year. You know, they started off really at the point. When they started off, bro, they didn't look too good. But honestly, like the last couple of weeks, they've really been you know, having some resurgence. Oh, so, uh, so this actually, you're saying that might actually be a barn burner then. Yeah, especially, and then, you know, it was really a big upset for West Virginia to lose to Houston because West Virginia was kind of at the top of the conference and they thought that West Virginia would be a good contender this year. But uh, now that they lost to Houston, it kind of put them at that point where now they tied with Oklahoma State, for both teams 4-2. and They're in the same conference. And somebody got to, you know, stick out because besides UT and Oklahoma, everybody else kind of just... Yeah, by the wayside. Yeah, by the wayside right now. Because Iowa State, they... Oh my God! No. But then when you look at it, bro, you know it's still it's still a lot of games to be played. You know? I know it's 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 so hard to believe we just in the middle of the season because I feel like we already should be like on week nine or ten where everybody's like either like seven and one, eight and zero, oh, six mm-hmm. and two, four and four, like whatever. It's gonna shake because it gives, because you know what I'm gonna tell you what it is because I always forget when you get to November, you got that little gap. Then you got like bowl games. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. So, since we almost like in the end of October, we're getting closer and closer to the bowl game. That's why I'm like. Yeah, where things really starting to shake, shake up. up. Yeah, this and is when everybody start playing their hardest. Well, I say, this is going to be a good game, bro. It's a 2-30 game. Um, there's going to be a lot of competition on it, you know, at that time. But it's not a bad game to be flip, flipping back and forth to, uh, you know, especially, you know, looking at the, the stipulations of the conference, where teams lining up at and stuff like that. But I think um, I think Oklahoma State is going to win the game at West Virginia. I think West Virginia is going to go on a two-game slide and they're going to lose because they had Houston. They had them, you know. Yeah. It, they had them, but they didn't have them, you know, honestly, because they was down by 11. But I think Oklahoma State got some better defense than U of H do, and they're going to be able to, you know, finish the game off better than U of H did. Um, but, hey. The game of all games, baby. UT and Houston Cougars, you know what I'm saying? Hey, and the Cougs at home. Hey, Cougs at home, game sold out. D-Rock going to be there in attendance, baby. Uh, spread is 23 and a half, though. Damn. UT to win the game. UT 5-1. and one. Houston 3-3. Three and three. UT is number eight in the nation. Um, it, it's going to be a real tough game for Houston, especially when you, Man, ESPN analytics say 93.6% chance that UT win the game versus Houston 6%. How can Houston increase their chances of winning the game? Defense. Uh, defense. That's it. Because the offense is there. But they but they ain't going to lie, though. They can't just be going out there thinking they finna just throw the ball deep. They actually got to come out with a real game plan. It, 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 yeah, they really have to have a, a big game plan. I think the only thing that really hurts Houston, but – also, it's kind of beneficial for them is that UT is coming off a bye week, so they had weeks to prepare for Houston. Yeah, you know, but they also 
UT is coming off a, a loss to Oklahoma, so that gives them a little bit of motivation to uh, get things going. But the good thing about Houston is that they're coming off their first win in the Big 12, so they're motivated as well, you know, after beating West Virginia. Um, but, yeah, defense is going to be the number one thing that Houston's going to uh, have to stay on, you know, to, to knock off UT. So tell me this, should they focus more on stopping the run or controlling the pass? Um, stopping the run. Because if you if you can stop the run, then the pass becomes predictable. Um, you're looking at Brooks. He got 726 yards on the season, six TDs. So they love to run the ball. Um, in comparison, Quinn Ewers, he's been putting up big numbers too, though. 1,700 yards, 11 TDs, three interceptions. Uh, in comparison to Donovan Smith, 1,600 yards, 13 TDs, three interceptions. So quarterbacks, I think they yeah, might be they equal. Yeah, they might be pretty equal. Um, some things to consider. Donovan Smith last year, he did beat UT at Texas Tech, so he know he know what he's so looking he know, at. So he know what to do. Um, Hogerson, he did beat UT the last time he was at West Virginia in 2018, or one of his last years. Okay, you know what I'm saying? He did beat UT, so we we know what we what we looking at as far as the coaching. So he knows how to strategize yeah. against them. It's just can he come out here and get the players together to execute? It's yeah. all about execution. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, execution. Execution. It's going to be execution all the way through because I mean, looking at the you know the the, the rosters of both teams, UT got obviously got the more most talent. You know, what I'm saying between the two teams, they got more size than U of H. Uh, not to say that they have more uh, speed and athlete, you know athletes or whatever. You know, depending how you look at it, but uh, UT is going to be is going to try to be dominant. On the defense and the defensive line because they're gonna have big boys. They're gonna have people that's three hundred forty five pounds and shit. You know that nose tackle and shit. Versus U of H, they're gonna have like three fifteen, three oh five offensive linemen. So our offensive linemen should be more agile. So maybe we just need to use them as like like a pick and, and run like zone zone. So U of H relies more on speed, where U UT relies more on power. Yeah. Because UT, bro, when they get the ball, they're going to just try to run it right down U of H's throat. They're going to run it right down the middle. Cause well, they think, are, well, think about the stable of running backs that have come out of UT over just, just over the years. Yeah. You got Earl Campbell. You got Ricky Williams. You got B. John Robinson. You got Jamal Charles. Cedric Benson. Like, besides Jamal Charles, every last one of them was a straight bruiser. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm going to expect the same thing out of UT yeah. this week, you know. Um, U of H has got to be ready on the defense. They have to – I'm going to tell you, if U of H – UT is good for turning the ball over. That's and true. U of H got to make that play. When when the chance is there, they have to make the play. If they can make the, the two or three plays that need to be made, you know, on the defense to force turnovers, rather it's turnover on downs, forcing the fumble, interceptions – they got to make the play. And if UT is given something on their defense, like as far as like if we know we can run this slant and UT keep giving us the five yards or we know we can run a screen and UT keep giving us the, the ten yards. You better rock it till the wheels rock fall it, off. Yeah, rock it, bro, until the wheels fall off. Make the big play. I feel like this game right here, and I know this isn't U of H's game, but they're going to have to find a way to win a lot of the matchups in the trenches. They don't have to. They, they, they don't really have a and choice. That's, that's why I said it's, it's going to be more about um, if they can get down, yeah, if they it's going to be about coaching at this point because 
honestly, we're not going to be able to run power run through UT because we just don't have the offensive line to dominate their defensive line in size like that. But if we can do some zone run, bro, you know, some one cuts and get back, back a couple men miss. And, and you know Steve Sarkeesian, you know his thing, boy, you know he love them sweeps. He love them, you know, them power eyes. He love all of that. Yeah. And and this will be another this will be a game where we probably have to come out with a couple trick plays and also come out with some zone blitz and put some pressure on Quinn Ewers the best as we can. Number fifteen, I need you to show up. Don't give up the big plays. Don't put all that pressure on him. Hey, hey, they gonna put the pressure on him if I don't. I'm just talking. He gonna be on the field. They gonna be talking to him and putting putting physical hands on him. That's true. That's true. I want him. I want him to just you know take his time, be calm, and just understand. Look, they gonna target you because of how you did last week. But use that to your advantage. Yep. You know, know when you know. Read read the offense. Make sure if they do, because they're going to try to run man. And if you're in the slot nine times out of ten, they're going to try to find a way to just take you all the way out. Mm-hmm. And honestly, man, I'm just so excited for this game. I've been waiting on this game for two years now, ever since U of H been announced going into the Big 12. Uh, we finally get to take on our old Southwest Conference uh, foe, you know, and it's just a big deal. You know, we ain't faced them since 2001. Where they yeah, really? Where they dominated U of H, and U of H was on a, a winless season. That was the only time U of H ever went winless in the season when they had Dana Diamond. Now, man, that's the bad thing. This guy named Dana, Dana too, so you know what I'm saying. Hopefully, uh, these oh these two God. Danas don't uh, have nothing uh, similar in comparison as far as when we play UT. But well, he already got three wins on the season. But man, as far as like the UT hey, thing go, he gonna come better. Prepared. You know what? I can accept the loss as long as. It's a, it's a competitive loss. We better not lose by what's the spread again? Twenty three and a half. I can't accept nah, that. No, you have not getting hey, blown I, out like that. It gotta be like now, seven points, bro. What I don't want them to do, I don't want them to come out stagnant either. Don't come out there half ass. Nah, you can't be stagnant. They, they can't come they out. Gotta be, slow. They gotta be. U of H has to be aggressive, bro. They have to. Like if it's fourth and one, bro, go for it. Especially like if you if you in the right part of the field, bro, go for it. Are they allowed to do the tush push in college? Yeah. Tush push can happen in any any uh part of football, high school, middle school. It's oh, not, I was I was just trying to see illegal you know, about it. Because I'm just trying to figure out like if it's been going on that long, why are they making such a big deal out of it now? Nah. We gotta do it. Anything we could do, bro, to get get a the next leg up on UT, we have to do it. Because if we don't, UT will win the game. It's gonna be a tough game. Uh hopefully the Cougars fans really show up in this game because what they put on uh, at West Virginia was really disappointing. No Cougar fans was really there like that. You know, it was some, but honestly, man, it was probably like it was probably like fifteen to eighteen thousand people at that game, bro. And for us to be jumping to the Big Twelve and going against a, a conference team like West Virginia, you got to show up and uh, do better than that. In this UT game, you definitely have to show up. Against UT because if we don't, they gonna fill our whole stadium with burnt orange. Oh no! This hey, let me tell you something. This game right here, you gonna see a. You might you might even see Matthew McConaughey at this one. It's gonna be a lot of people. It's gonna be a lot of people hey, at this game, bro. They even like, they this even, game ain't nothing. Like you can say whatever you want uh, about U of H, but let me tell you something. 
when we play teams like this, because at TCU game, we was up. This game, we're going to beat her. Hey, U of H sold out the stadium, supposedly, when they played Louisville. I was at that game, 42,000. It was a lot of people at that game, but even then, the stadium still had a lot of seats. A lot of seats really? open. Now, the capacity is 40,000, but they had 42,000 for Louisville. And I'm telling you, there was a lot of seats still open at the top. In the corners and stuff. Oh, it won't and, be. It won't be. A, it won't it, be a dry and, seat. In and this they didn't sell no standing, standing only room tickets and stuff. This game, they're selling standing tickets only in this game. This will be the first time that this stadium will be really full to the brim, bro. Full right. to the brim. So that's why I was like, I gotta go to this game. This game gonna look like the World Series in Minute Maid Park, bro. Bro, I have to be there, and that that was the main reason why I was like, man, I gotta live to see this one because we we'll ne- we'll probably never play UT again. For another twenty years, I gotta see this one. <laughs> and and see, this is the thing. I feel like this: if U of H beats UT, they'll really renew the rivalry because UT is gonna feel like we gotta beat U of H. Because one thing, it's about recruiting. And you know how many, bro? They said it was like over two hundred fifty some recruits at that UT TCU game. Really? Yeah. So just imagine how many recruits is gonna be at this U this UT and U of H game. You know what? I mean, I said UTTC. I mean, I meant to say U of H and TCU game. But now imagine how many people is going to be at this U of H Texas game, you know, that are recruits. So, so tell me this. Because, you know, this is this is what, you know, this is what just makes my gears go in my mind. So, if you invite recruits to a game, but you're not favored to win the game, but you show up. Does that appeal more to the recruit, or to the? Does the recruit feel like they should go to the other side? I wonder. It can, like, how does it, it, can go, it can go both ways because as a recruit, if you're looking for playtime, you're like, man, I can go out I there. I can go out there and, and I, get, I, can, I can make I, a difference. Yeah. Or do you say, oh, maybe I need to retract and then try to go to the other team because they look way better, and I want to be on a winning team. That's that's that's. But I guess that more plays into like it's it's gonna it's teenagers' really, mindset. Yeah, it's gonna come to a teenagers' mindset. Uh, where the school is at? Because you know, it's a lot of things you, that you can put into in in there. But you also, also you gotta look at the depth chart, like you said. Like, shit, I could be a five star athlete, but yeah, I can go to UT, but I'm probably gonna be redshirted. But yeah. I can go to U of H, and I probably play instantly, you know. And U of H is at that that spot, and also right now you just like man, because yeah. let me see U of H. They're going to play somebody big every week. We're going to be on TV every week. Yeah, because let me see. U of H gives you the better, give you the better education. You're going to get more playing time. You get, the better, you get a better uh, city. Like you're, you're, city. A, you're in a better city. Yeah. Because Austin High. Like, you know, y'all might have like them little South by Southwest. And I mean, as far as like college town, yeah, Austin will offer you that more college town feel. But city-wise, opportunities and stuff, it's right there in Houston, bro. But Austin, I mean, it just depends what you're looking for. But overall, bro, Austin, Houston, as a, a black athlete, yeah. you're going to be in Houston. You know what I'm saying? It, it's no question about that, bro. Uh, but it, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for recruits. Uh, it's going to really help you advance whether they win or lose, especially if they win, because not only do you, you know, be the highlight of somebody that's there, but also the highlight of someone that's watching on TV, and now everybody sees uh, U of H. 
and let's just put them back on the map. And that's why I say Houston really need to win this game. No. It, it'll help them monetary wise, but it'll also help them recruiting wise going into the next season. And because it's, it's, if they win well this game, too. bro, if they win this game, imagine how many people are gonna be like, man, I'm, I'm transferring to U of H. Yeah. Because if he can do that with less, just imagine what he can do with, with more. more. Yeah. So yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Because I always want to see like like what do like what do kids think about stuff like that when they look at stuff like that like even even scouts like. If you go to scout a player and the player had a bad game, do you still like put him on your draft board? Yeah, you you would put him on this, on your draft board. I mean, because you gotta you gotta see him more than one time. I mean, you, you're not gonna always have a great game. But also, he might have had a bad game. But what did he do? You know, outside of his yeah, that's game, that's what you start breaking down the mechanics. Like, you know, did yeah. he do this? He can do this better. How well did he block? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How well did he block? How many how many pancakes he had? Whatever the case may be, you know. No, I just trying to figure out, like, you know, especially like when they transferred to the NFL, and be like, damn, why didn't they notice somebody was scouting him when he was in college? This motherfucker's a bust. So I damn sure feel that way about King of Green. <laughs> oh yeah, King Green is a bust, bro. And I think a lot of that, it just it just derives from old Jimbo Fisher, man. Old Jimbo. Um, Ole Miss and Auburn will be facing off against each other. Five and one, Ole Miss. Three and three, Auburn. What? They five and one. It's crazy, right? Yes. Like, because <laughs> I could have sworn I seen them lose like two times, man. I know they lost to Alabama, but I feel like I, I feel like they lost another game, man. Yeah, they begin. It do seem like they begin their ass torn off the bone, but uh, I don't know. Six and a half favorite though to be Auburn, bro. At Auburn, at that. Nah, they not gonna beat Auburn. Auburn gonna upset them. They hate going into Alabama. They hate that territory. Um, Texas Tech and BYU. BYU will try to get their first win of the Big 12 as well against Texas Tech. Man, it sounds like the lawnmower just in the room with us, boy. Bro. Uh, yeah, BYU. Uh, not favored, but Tech is, you know, by three points. You know what? I actually think BYU get their first one. I think I think they can Man, take Man, you just saying that because everybody in their offensive line over the age of 30. That might BYU, be true. Man, look, I don't believe nothing good comes out of BYU after I see Zach Wilson play for the Chiefs. I don't I have lost all respect for BYU. <laughs> BYU couldn't sell me water if I was thirsty. Man, Zach Wilson been playing pretty decent though lately. He ain't played like no top pick, but he he been decent. If y'all can see how I'm looking at my brother right now, he know he just straight just yeah. he lied to me. He didn't play good, bro. Yeah. The defense just showed up. Right. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get get, that later. we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Hey, you know, you got Duke. And Florida State playing against each other. Duke, That's gonna be a good game. Duke is five and one. Florida State is six and zero. Oh. Uh, Florida State favored by fourteen and a half. Um, you got Utah and USC. Five and one Utah, six and one USC. USC favored by seven points. Uh, you got Clemson and Miami, both four and two. Clemson favored by three and th- by three points. Um, it's some good games, bro. It's some good games overall. You know what? Don't get me wrong. 
I love that the Texans got Will Anderson Jr. But I hate that they gave up that pick to get him, that first round pick. Uh-huh. Because let me tell you something, it's a lot of great pass rushers coming out in this draft. You got Jerry Verse from uh, uh, from Florida State. You need to keep your eye on number five. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The dude is a freak of nature, bro. Freak of nature. Well, Texas still got a shot at somebody, though, because they got Cleveland picked. And we don't really know how Cleveland going to end up. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell Deshaun Watson do. You know? Again. Yeah. So, uh, if if the Texans can at least get in the top ten, I'm telling you, but I know they're going to try to go O-line or something on them. They can go a lot of spots, honestly. I mean, they could go defense. They could go online. I think it's going to be about what's, you know, who's the best on the board at the time. Yeah, I yeah, it could, because I feel honestly the way they looking right now. I know I know we talking about college, but just looking at because you know right now is the time you really got to get the scouts together looking at these draft picks. Like we already know who the quarterbacks gonna be, yeah. but now is the time to look at offensive linemen, cornerbacks, defensive ends, receive well receiver is easy to look at too. You already know. The one from Washington is going to be highly touted. We already know Marvin Harrison Jr. And now I feel like I'm I'm tired of looking in the first round. To me, I feel like you get better uncut gems in like the third and the fourth rounds. You do. Because it's like, you know, first and second, those people are automatic. We already know they're going to get a chance. But I feel like the ones in the third and fourth rounds, the people think like, they just be like just spot fillers. Those are the ones that come out and really you know, have the most impact. You know why? Because the third and fourth round, it usually be players that come from schools like Rice, TSU, uh, things like that, that have been explosive. And they, they've been having good college careers, but they're just not at those big schools, so they kind of get overlooked. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because a lot of people, a lot of people are upset that they overlook like Tank Dale and stuff like that because he has been a lifesaver for the Texans. Yeah, yes. Um, last couple things we got to talk about college and we're going to move on. Uh, TSU, bro, they on a two win streak. Hold up. Uh, they beat they, they beat Lincoln, California, which I didn't know a lot about. Was uh, They beat them 52 to 7. That sounds like a high school. Uh, it does, huh? They probably did beat up on a high school, you know, in TSU. Uh, then they beat Bethune Cookman, thirty four thirty one. Okay, okay, nice, so, nice little squeak. Balling, balling, you know what I'm saying? Who they play this week? They play Florida A and M. Now I will say this: I've seen Florida A and M on TV. They been, hey, they've been looking pretty they, good. I heard they got a, a, I heard they got a defense for your ass, bro. I'm gonna go ahead and say, it. TSU is probably gonna lose the game. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> he just came out the gate. Florida A and M five and one. TSU two and four. Uh, Florida A and M is four and zero oh in the conference. Looking at the teams that they have defeated, I really don't see TSU having much of a chance besides, uh, you know, a kickoff with 15 minutes on the, on the clock. Uh, but hopefully, you know. That was so wrong to say. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you know what I'm saying, those, those two wins motivate TSU to do something and uh, they can go out there and be competitive. But right now, if I'm a betting man, bet on Florida A&M, don't bet on TSU. Uh, look to see TSU go 2-5. and five. Um, outside of that, man, we got um, PV. PV is now three and four. 
um, and HCU, Houston Christian, Uni- Houston Christian University, dominated PV 30 to 0. That's what I like to hear. Hey, I did not expect that. But uh, looking at the last two games, uh, PV, they did beat Mississippi Valley State 31 to 12. They handled them, but then they backdoored and they lost to HCU next week. Uh, after they come off their bye week, uh, PV, they will be at Florida AM, so they'll be looking to get their uh, next loss as well. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what we're looking at uh, between them two schools. Now, HCU, Houston Christian University, uh, they're coming off a win. They're three and four as well. And their next game is against uh, Texas AM Commerce, and they're on a bye week currently as well, so they won't play until the 28th. Okay. Um, between the two schools, let's see what Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M Commerce is one and five. ACU's three and four. We're gonna treat them more like they're two and four because that Arkansas Baptist shit don't count, you know, in my book. But, uh, Not at all. That would that that don't even that's that shouldn't even be counted as a win. You know, statistically, just looking at who who both of the teams playing and how they're playing, I actually think ACU got a chance to get the five hundred in this uh in this game upcoming next week, especially coming off a of bye week. So. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Go dogs. All right. Uh, got any shout-outs? You know what? I want to give a shout-out to, you know, somebody that I would, that I least expect. Hey, Michael Penix Jr., you really surprised me. I did not expect you to actually bring in and take the Washington Huskies over Oregon this past week. You have another upcoming game this week. You actually made me want to just watch your games more. Just to see all of the attributes and things that you can actually bring to the next level. Also, I do want to let you know, Coach Prime, I love what you're doing in Colorado. But that Stanford game was out of line. You up 29-0. No, we forgot to cover that. Yeah, that, that is out of line. Like... And you let hey. one single receiver beat you. And you know what? One. Hey, that one. 294. Hey. And then the fact that he had the game-winning catch on Travis Hunter. That's what I was just about to get to. Off that boy help you, bro. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but this is so this is the reason why I'm just, you know, kind of, you know, kind of in awe about this. Not because he got the 294 yards, just that one. The fact that in the press conference, you didn't, even on the sideline before the game was over with, you didn't get on Shador about his turnovers. You didn't get on Travis Hunter about blowing coverages. But you reprimanded everybody else but those two. Mm -hmm. Why? He was getting, Travis Hunter was getting embarrassed. Let me ask you something. If... Travis Hunter was to go to the draft. What should he go as? A receiver or a DB? Oh, right now, receiver. I'm not saying that he can't cover, but right now his coverage skills, because I don't know, because he did just come back from a lacerated liver. So, you know, I feel like he shouldn't even play both sides of the ball coming back in the first place. He should have just stuck to one side of the ball, which should have been offense, because... That's what you need anyway. You were lacking that extra receiver that you needed to actually get y'all over the hump. Y'all were up 29-0. And then in the second half, 
it's like everything just fizzled out from there. You yeah, you put up 14 points, but the point is you let Stanford, a one in four team, one in five, whatever they were, you let them come back and put up 44 unanswered points in the second hey, half. Not only that, that's the second time that he let a bad team come to do him like that. Yeah. And luckily he just, you know, slipped away against uh Arizona State. Yeah, that's like it's it's getting ridiculous. Like you can't come back and try to think you're gonna have all these fourth quarter heroics every single week. You gotta learn how to put teams away and then you wanna sit here and question whether your team really wants it or not. But if you win as a team, you lose as a team. You can't just pick and choose who you chastise in certain times. Because you didn't give any reprimand to Shador or Travis. I understand those are your two best players, but they're just as accountable as everybody else yeah. on the team. Yeah, the, the leader and the dog, they, they got to hey, be look, accounted for. Sometimes they got to get scolded too. For sure. Like, you know, and I hope the week coming up when y'all play, I want you to hold everybody accountable instead of just picking and choosing. It's no time for favoritism because favoritism creates division. Yeah, I think Colorado's on a bye this week, so hopefully right, well, they can get it together. I hope they in practice, and I hope they really just – because what he really needs to be working with is that damn offensive line. And the defensive line. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell that shit is. Because <laughs> that Stanford quarterback was out there looking like the second coming of fucking Joe Montana out there. Because that, that shit was bullshit. Like, he just standing in the pocket, comfortable as hell, throwing it to one receiver. One. How you let one receiver get over almost 300 yards receiving? Crazy. Like, come on, it's man. crazy. Well, you know what he will be getting in the transfer portal? A true cornerback. No, what he need is a defensive end in the transfer portal. He need two of them. Like, no, he – honestly – he need a he need a solid ass D tackle and a defensive end. Cause the linebackers, you know, they they're they're decent. The corners are okay. That's he why need a, he need a running back too, because I don't know what happened with McCaskill. The offensive line trash. But he ain't playing. Oh, for real? He ain't playing. Oh wow. Cause he got a good corner, like that freshman, he said it wasn't ready. And it's just the fact that Travis Hunter, they just they knew they couldn't throw to the other side. Excuse me. So they just went to the other side on Travis Hunter because he was coming back from that injury, and they exposed him. Yeah. Well, NFL, we have to rewind it back again. Week five. But we're going to quickly go through this. Chicago got their first win against Washington, bro. 40 to 20. I just want to ask Ron Rivera what happened. Like, you, you know, you got all this hype about Sam Howell. You know, you got all these running backs. You claim every year, you in the first three rounds, you draft defense. Where is it at? Like, if you don't if you don't want Chase Young to play, just trade him, bro. Well, I'll tell you what happened. Justin Fields was Justin Fields. Yeah. And they opened up the scheme for him, and he, he actually, you know, got to prove why he was a top pick. At QB, uh, I think he had like four touchdowns, one interception, something like that. He did good on the ground, too. Um, that's what happened in that game. But still, 
everybody knows when you play Chicago, they only have two options. Justin Fields, DJ Moore. No offensive line. You should be able to execute this all day. You got pass rush. You got corners. You got linebacker. That front seven should have been all over Justin Fields. Like Ron Rivera, you are a Super Bowl winning linebacker from the 85 Bears. You know defense. Like, where is it? Like, come on, man. They just had some mishaps in that game, bro. But uh, you know what? Your Jack showed out against Buffalo in London, man. 25-20 victory. Hey, we needed that victory because all Houston does is motivate us. Every time we lose to them the next week, they motivate us to be better. Well, I guess y'all was pretty motivated because Travis Etienne, 136 yards on the ground. That's pretty impressive against a, a, a solid Buffalo D-line for sure. Hey, you can tell that they really need Von Miller back for Buffalo. Yeah, what's what's the deal with him? He's still hurt? He's still hurt. Yeah, he might but you know he's older now, so you know he, might he don't retire, heal bro. He might nah, he, nah, he can still come back and add a spark. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Man, Detroit, man, they, they kept looking like competitors, uh, well, contenders, I'm going to say, against Carolina. Now, Carolina's not all that good. Bryce Young, uh, he's looking pretty average at this point. But Detroit, bro, they looking like a real team right now. They beat uh, Carolina 42-24. to Man, you know what? I am one of those people who wrote off Jared Goff at one point. Because I'm like, bro, how can you not win when you have Cooper Cup and all of these people? But then I forget, he did make it to the Super Bowl. Like, he has proven time and time again that he is and does belong in the NFL. Yeah. Golf is, he's, he's an above average quarterback. Yeah. Now, is he the best quarterback in his division? Let's see. Jordan Love, Golf, Justin Fields, and who else is in that division? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Statistically, right now he is, but on paper, you'd probably say Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback. But do we say Kirk Cousins is the best because of Justin Jefferson or just because he actually is the best quarterback? See, that's the, see, that's the thing. See, when you have a, a great wide receiver. No, uh, I would say statistically on paper, Kirk Cousins is actually the better quarterback. But right now, Justin Jefferson isn't you know, making him seem like he is the better quarterback. I would yeah. say that. Like let, let, they're pretty much even. Bro. Like let's let's be real. Let's be real. When we talk about quarterbacks, like do you do you truly believe you need a top tier wide receiver to get the most out? Well, of? you know what? I'm gonna say Jerry Goff is the, the number one quarterback. The only reason I say that is because I think he would do better with if he had Minnesota's offense versus uh. Well, I mean. Now, His he, offense right now in Detroit is pretty damn now, good. Now Detroit does get Jameson but it, back too. I would say this: if 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 he had Justin, uh, what's his name? If uh, he had Justin Jefferson. Yeah, if he had Justin Jefferson. I think he, I think he'll be even better than Kirk Cousins in that situation. Man, 
Because because the reason why I'm asking that because I see Patrick Mahomes struggling. I see Mac Jones struggling. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, they just got a new receiver. Well, they got their receiver back. Uh, 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 McCole Hardman. He got traded back to the uh, to the Cardinals. So now they get somebody that can play in space a little bit more. Man, that's a little speedy. That's horrible. I, um, I noticed a lot of old players going back. Hardman. Because I, I saw JC Detroit, right? No, McCole Hardman was with the Jets. Oh, with the Jets, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I saw J.C. Jackson went back to the Patriots from the Chargers. That's crazy, too. Yeah. So maybe maybe some things will improve for uh, Mahomes. But looking at looking at what McCole Hartman has been doing statistically, his his career has been down compared to what he was doing when he was with the Chiefs you know, prior. Yeah. But that's crazy. I thought Sky Moore would step up this year. Ain't none of them dudes stepped up, bro. And I thought Kadarius Kadarius Tony, Tony would actually no. be catching something only person after that first game. Only person that's been consistent is uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. In some ways. Hey, because Patrick Mahomes is looking like he's going to have a terrible year. And, and the crazy part is... he ain't consistent, though. And the crazy part about that, <laughs> too, um, just like, you know, just like with that Russell Wilson, Jerry, Judy situation. Everybody trying to make it seem like it's Jerry Judy, but you can't really tell. It's it's not Judy, bro. They 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 just need to go ahead and blow that up. You know Damn, bro. They do. I mean, in I mean, you could say that it's you could say that it's Sean Payton, but it's really not. It's just so so. Tell me this. Tell me this. So the Broncos are one in five right now. They're not turning that around. Do you feel that they should draft Russell Wilson's successor? Yeah, it wouldn't hurt. Out of, out of this year's draft. Yeah, especially if it's out of Drake May, Caleb Williams, uh, Michael Penix Jr. Or Quinn uh, Ewers. Quinn, Quinn Ewers if he coming out. Yeah, why not? I mean, one of them can sit on the bench and learn for him. That's shit crazy. Because the way it's looking right now, if we if we just talking quarterbacks, we already can see just, just, in, just in hindsight. We already know for sure. New England getting a new quarterback. The I don't Broncos, think so. I don't the Broncos think, getting a new quarterback. I don't think. I don't think New England get a new quarterback. You think they gonna stick with Mac Jones? Or yeah. they gonna go? Or do you think they gonna go with that Zappy kid? They'll probably go with Zappy before they get a new quarterback. The only reason I say it because if you just look at New England, bro, they're just really not a good team. Damn, they really not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got a couple pieces here and there, but they really not a good team. Like, look at their defense, bro. They got a no name defense. So, now, I really got to ask you this question because I feel like it's going to happen. Do you think this is Belichick's last year? No. Shit, I think he get fired. No, they, that's the last thing they'll do. If anything, they would figure out a way to let him step down or something. They ain't going to fire Belichick. Man, the game. He didn't brought, too, he didn't brought too much to that, that franchise. The game but. has passed him up, man. Man, they ain't passed him up. They just ain't got a good team, bro. I'm telling you. Nah, bro. He just don't. I don't think he has because the the NFL is so innovative. The NFL changes year after year, and I feel like he's still stuck in the two thousands. He ain't stuck in the two thousands. He he stuck he stuck to a system that that was working for Tom Brady. That's not working for Mac Jones. There's a possibility in that, but so it worked. So you telling me it worked for Jimmy Garoppolo? It worked for. What's the what's the black quarterback that played for Washington that has been bounced around everywhere? Jacoby Brissett. 
It worked for what's the what's the other little bullshit ass quarterback? Brian Hoyer, Matt Castle. It worked for all of them scrubs, but it can't work for a, a, a first round draft pick. I honestly, I didn't like the pick of Mac Jones anyways, and you know that. Well, it was either him or Trey Lance, so. And honestly, I don't think there's nothing really wrong with Trey Lance. Besides, besides the fact that he get injured. Yeah, besides like, he get injured. But hey, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't think he's going to get fired, though. Uh, they, what, they'll probably fire Bill O'Brien. Nah, Bill O'Brien ain't do nothing wrong. He came in with his offense, and they offense looked the total opposite of what he did last Man, year. Man, Zeke looked horrible. Zeke is old. He washed up. So, that was a bad pickup no, anyway. He's not even 30. But he, bro, come on, bro. We, we was looking at Zeke when he was with the Cowboys the last couple seasons, and we was like, yeah, bro, Zeke's slow. He, doing, he out there training. He, he he worried about going left and right. He need to worry about going vertical. He can't go fast enough, bro. Yeah, he, Zeke is old, bro. Yeah, he, Zeke can't hit the hole no more. Yeah, it's like, Zeke, Zeke is done, dog. Man, anyway, look. New England had got dominated by New Orleans 34-0. So, there's that. Uh, Miami had beat the Giants. Giants have not looked good, which is man, a, a big pale in comparison to what they looked like last hey, season. Daniel Jones... It's not his fault. Daniel Jones out there. They don't have any receivers. They got some. They got one running back. A shaky offensive line. They, I, I hate to say this. They need to go ahead and just figure out what they can do. If they can just trade, uh, what you call it, for some draft picks. Or draft some younger, a younger running back or something. Like, Saquon, not it, man. And I like Saquon. It's not Saquon, though, bro. Bro, it's... Well, what is it there? Bro, mean, how you, like, the offense is utter trash, bro. So you think Saquon's going to just, like, you know, innovate this offense to make it yeah, so much more? The offense is built around bro, him. Every, everything. Shit. The offense say, is built around bro. Saquon up, bro. Saquon. Bro, anytime bro. Daniel Jones can come out there and get more rushing yards than Saquon, first off, bro, first off. On, how, how the offense built around somebody that they ain't really want to sign long term? Because he get hurt too much. And they be setting them up, bro. Every time I see they set that boy up, bro. Problem is Daniel Jones. They yeah. got they got an average-ass Joe, bro, out there trying to play quarterback. He wasn't even playing last week. Uh, because son. he got hurt. He tired of getting hit. Trash, bro. It's Daniel Jones. Nah. Nah, Daniel Jones look, is not trash. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, look, I'm gonna tell you what team needs to go ahead and make that move, bro. Tennessee had uh, lost to Indianapolis. Ryan Tannehill, 264 yards, struggled, and Indianapolis won the game. They need to make the move and go ahead and put uh, Will Levis in, bro, and give him his shot. Yeah, honestly, they might as well just trade Ryan Tannehill to a team that's just like quarterback needy or something, or just release him. Like, because at the end of the day, Mike Vrabel, you're getting fired. Like, why sit here and try to, and then, you know, I know Derrick Henry frustrated. It's just, it's just bullshit. The defense trash, you supposed to be a defensive-minded coach, defense trash. Your veterans, you know, you're trying to give them an opportunity to play. It's time to put some young blood out there and just see what you got. Yep. At this point, you might as well just evaluate everything. Because at the end of the, at least, 
if you can at least finish the season gonna, like seven lie, and ten or eight and nine, that might even save your job. Like at this point, it is time for them to like change it up because like Derrick Henry, he is getting old. Tannehill's is past his prime. Uh, it's time to put Will Levis out there. Get your new running back. Go ahead and trade Derrick Henry. That's what I'm saying. Trade yeah. him to a contender. Like, you know, trade him to Buffalo, trade him to Kansas hey, City hey, look, or something. I ain't gonna lie. Get some draft picks. Look, I feel bad for D-Hop because he picked the wrong team. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. That shit. He picked the wrong team, bro. Like, if that was the case, you should have just went on and went back to the Texans. At least you would have got something better out of that. Oh, yeah. He would have been in a whole lot better position. Like, you worried about money, bro, but you ruining your own legacy. You, you pushing yourself further and further out of Hall of Fame contention by continuing to play for these shitty-ass teams, thinking that you're going to just be their savior. Yeah. Let that shit go. Hey, uh, you know, the one team I didn't think the touch push was going to work against was the L.A. Rams, and it sure hell did. Yeah, because Aaron Donald supposed to be in there just dominating that Aaron Donald, he, he should have probably retired, too, when he was thinking about nah, it. Nah, bro, don't say that. Man, bro. boy, Philly was all over that D-line, boy, with that touch push on their ass that week. I ain't gonna lie though, Jason Kelsey, that's a, hey, that's a damn good center, bro. Yeah. That's a damn good center. Like, I don't, like, we don't give, people don't give people on the offensive line enough credit for the shit that they got to hey, go through. 23-14 victory for Philly. Uh, A.J. Brown played big, 127 yards. He's been doing that pretty consistently uh, week in and week out. So far in this season, and he been healthy. Hey, man, they finally shut my boy down. What was his name? What's his name? Puka or Puka Nakua? Yeah. Yeah. But, now. Hey, that's an awesome rookie. No, no he's, he's still going to be good. Joe Burrow turned it around. It looks like he's getting healthy. They won 34-20 against Arizona. Oh, man. It seemed like they played hey, against somebody. Arizona be playing hard, though. I give them that. Uh, Kansas City played Minnesota, won 27-20. That game was actually more competitive than I thought it was going to be. But yeah. uh, Minnesota, they Because still, they playing without... Justin Jefferson. But Jordan Addison did step up. Minnesota needs a run game. I hate that they let go of Calvin uh, Cook. Yeah. But that shit ain't working. Yeah, that's that's their biggest issue. I, and don't they got somebody named Cook or something too? Is, is that a team with Cook? They got a, No, no, Cook. that's James Dalvin Cook. He played for Buffalo. Oh, I, and I'm then you say, got Dalvin I'm James say, I Cook somebody that played for the Jets. Another Cook or something. Uh, Dallas uh, was... Uh, whew, I don't even know how to... I don't have words to express how bad they got their ass whooped by 49ers. Hey, man. Hey, that, <laughs> 42 hey, to 10, dog. Hey, Dak B, I don't, I don't know what the hell Dak B having going on in this Hey, line. you know, it's funny because Dak was all tomorrow. Oh, yeah, that, that was last year. We, we passed that, you know, this and that. No, you're not. No, you're not, bro. You, you're still in the same dunk. Dak, Dak is the problem right now with the Cowboys. Damn, bro. Don't say he that. He is. They, they receivers ain't the... I mean, they probably could use another receiver. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, they got, uh, they got, uh, what's the name that came from the Texans? Cook? Mm-hmm. Oh, Brandon Cook. Yeah, they got Brandon Cooks. They got yeah, CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. They got they Gallup. Got Gallup. Yep. They still got Ferguson, Jake Ferguson at tight end. I don't really see that's the issue. I mean. They need another running back. Like, don't get me wrong. Tony Pollard is doing his part. But you, you need fresh legs, especially on those third down conversions. So why, so why not? Figure out ways to get Deuce Vaughn the ball. I don't. I don't know because Deuce Vaughn, especially like on a screen, that that right there, that play should be money. 
Exactly, bro. That play should be money. Exactly. Because not so, only is he fast, he's agile, and he's small enough to really get in between the tackles and guard and just really go. So when we're talking about it now, it makes you think maybe it's Mike McCarthy. You think it's time to, for him to move on? Yeah, because last year they tried to blame Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore is having success in Los Angeles with the Chargers. But Mike McCarthy, another coach just like Bill Belichick, the game has passed them by. And I, and regardless of the fact, I still feel the same way about Pete Carroll, too. I don't know. I think Pete is doing all right, though. He's doing better than, than expected, especially with uh, the the reemergence of, uh, what's his face? His yeah, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. That's still surprising to me. He's Man. consistent again for another season. And you know what? Hey, Ty Bowles. I want to give you a shout-out, bro. I thought y'all was going to be a bottom feeder this year. And y'all actually came out, and you doing something with Baker Mayfield, proving a lot of naysayers wrong in that Buccaneers, that Buccaneer organization. But I hate to say this, it's time to move on. I know Mike Evans is having a hell of a season. You're not going to resign him. Let him go, bro. Get you some draft capital for that boy. And try to improve the roster for next year too. Don't let this be no one year, no one hit wonder year, bro. Because I'm telling you, I hate to say this, you black, bro. They gonna fire you. They gonna get your ass fired. Damn, bro. You gonna put it like that? Straight up. It, look, if he have a shitty season, he gone next year. That's true. That's true. Just like if Robert Sala don't fire the way turn around this that's year, the team. they gonna fire his that, ass too. That's the team. They need to figure out how they can get their quarterback of the future. They should have drafted his ass last year. Well, then, hold up. They did draft somebody, didn't they? No, I think they drafted that trash dude like two years ago. I thought they drafted somebody else. I don't know. Well, uh, Green Bay and Las Vegas played against each other. Vegas came out with the win 17-13. That was actually a pretty good game. Jimmy Garoppolo, 208 yards. Uh, He actually took care of the ball better than expected. Jordan Love was the one that was giving it up in that one. You know what? Week one had me so hyped about Jordan Love. And now that I see the risk these games go, it's like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> it's like, bro, like, he, he not even trying. He trying to turn it over. He got that shit hands down. But as far as, like, anything else, like, you got Christian Watkins. Like but he just got he just got him back though. Why you got you got two back. stud running backs. Like, come on, man. Like, you should be out there playing better than that. Now, I don't don't get me wrong. They're not gonna fire the coach. I already know that. They like they they love that dude. Yeah, but they they'll go draft another quarterback before they fire him. Nah, they can't. They can't draft another quarterback yet because Jordan Love sat on the bench so long, bro. They gotta just see. But I don't. But the way he's looking right now, my boy going out like uh. What's the backup quarterback in San Francisco? The one that played for the Jets. And then he boy went to the Panthers. He's starting to fizzle out. He's starting to look like that. Like that boy right there. Sam Darnold. Oh. The boy starting to look like old Sam. Damn, I hope he'd be better than Sam Darnold. Man, Sam Darnold. I was, see ghosts. Man, I'm, man. <laughs> Why you doing like that, bro? <laughs> I forgot all about that shit. What happened right there? Seeing ghosts. 
Like, man, bro, you can't never live that down. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. That that right there is, was what really did his career in, bro. That's what made him a, a real backup right there, seeing them goats. Uh, week week six, bro. Uh, Green Bay is on a bye week. Uh, they need that for shit. week six. Well, that was last week, and hopefully, yeah, like you said, it, they really needed Jordan Love. He probably can get a little bit more acclimated with the offense. Yeah, cause he sometimes like sometimes he look good, and sometimes he just be looking lost. Like like if they not doing like an easy, you know, like just you know ten yard, you get the rack yards and stuff like that. It seems like he just really struggles with his accuracy. And that should be killing him. Because it's like, bro. You know what? That, that is. Boy, when that boy was in Nevada State or Nevada, whatever, whatever school he went to in Nevada. You, I, it was Nevada. It was Nevada. Nice. Man, that son of a bitch just throw that ball deep as hell. Accurate. That boy sitting on the bench for three years. Now yeah, he ain't rusty. Whoo. Hey, yeah, the accuracy is really his biggest issue. And I think that's why a lot of them, them uh, balls get away from him and they ended up, you know, being interceptions. Uh, yeah, he's going to have to improve on that for sure, bro. Um, Thursday night was the Denver-Kansas City game. I expected Kansas City to easily beat Denver, which they did. 19-8, I think they tried to make it a little competitive, but it wasn't competitive enough to even, Man. even sense the smell of victory for them. Let me, let me tell you something. Steve Smith told the truth about Jerry Judy, bro. He's just an average receiver, bro. I'm not saying that he's bad, but I feel like whatever is going on in Denver, I feel like they need to just try to move on from him and just try to that whole like that whole team right there. What he should have did after you know what I'm saying after that other coach got fired, Sean Payton should have just wiped the slate clean. Yeah. He should have just been like, you know what, I'm gonna keep the defense, see what I can, you know, see what I can get there. But that offense, he should have just proved, improved all the way. Like, no running back. You got no receivers. Your quarterback looks old as hell. Offensive line still trash. Like, Yo, uh, like what's like, what is going on? You're hey, lie, you man. Be an offensive guru. That team making you look horrible. I would have never came out of retirement to coach some bullshit like that. Your defense trash. You let these motherfuckers put up 70 points on you. Like, bro, the way it's looking right now, these boys are going 1-16. Hey, like you said, quarterback, oh, now I think it might be time for uh, Russell Wilson to hang it up, dog. Man, bro. And, and when 10 years ago, I would have... I would have said you. You never would have thought that he'd look like that. Like, not, not like, like that. This. But then it also kind of make you think like, do you think Russell's really just like a system quarterback? Like, you think that whatever system. Man, that have you watched the Marshawn? Have you watched the Marshawn Lynch things when he was at Club Shay Shay? Nah, but Marshawn I, 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 Lynch said it himself, bro. He ain't talked to Russell Wilson. He said Russell Wilson always been a diva. Russell Wilson is a systematic quarterback. And he getting exposed now. That's why he sucked. Because he was in a system that catered to his needs because he can't really he can't really read defense. And the point is the the system was so easy for him to really just thrive in. Because think about it. Russell Wilson didn't throw a lot of balls over twenty yards. Mm-hmm. That was all the receiver. And then he had some of the best receivers in the game. 
Yeah, Deion Branch, Percy Harvin, D DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Like, when did he ever have a bad receiver on any team that he that he was quarterbacking? That's true. Until now. That's how you know Jerry Judy isn't really the quarterback. I mean the receiver that he really that everybody think he is. He's not. You got a point there, bro. I ain't really got much to say, but you got a point right there. Make you really think deep about Russell Wilson. Bro, he had everything. He had an offensive but line. It's crazy. It's crazy because he 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 had that success for so long and then That's what I'm saying. He and made that jump. To come and make that jump. And it's like really and when you think about it, it's it's crazy because I can't really say Nathaniel Hackett got a bad rap because it's like the only thing Denver was missing was nah, a quarterback. If you think about it, Nathaniel Hackett did get a bad rap because, and, and it's funny because uh, Sean Payton was talking shit about Nathaniel Hackett, talking about how he put the worst team together and all that, worst coach team, and then it's funny because and he went and lost karma, karma he, a bitch. He lost to Nathaniel Hackett, you know, being an offensive coordinator, and uh, also. Looking at Denver, they look even worse this year than they did last, last year. Last year, that's what I'm like. <clears throat> the fuck? And then, and they're talking all that shit in preseason, talking about, uh, oh, we making great improvements. We're gonna be, we're gonna play harder. Look, next thing you know, they didn't trade Randy Gregory. They didn't, you know, they just they just all over the place. Yeah, that that shit is in shambles. Um, Tennessee lost again to Boston to Baltimore, um, 24-16. Hey, they actually could have won that game in London. They could have. Because Derrick Henry showed up. Derrick yeah, Henry I see, bro. Part. 97 yards rushing. You, I mean, but he, when he don't show up. That is true. Only time he don't show up is when he got an injury. So, like we was just saying. It's time It's time to make a change. It's bro. time to make a change, bro. Like, got to get Ryan Tennant. I ain't going to lie. Mike Rabel, if you want to save your job. You got to go ahead and do it, bro. Got to make the change, man. Got to put... Will Levis in. Let's see what he got. You know, see if he can wheel and deal the ball um, better than Tannehill because Tannehill is over the over the hill, and y'all not winning. Y'all on two on a two loss streak. So tell me this: <clears throat> if they put Will Levis in, should they still trade Derrick Henry or let Derrick Henry finish out the season? Well, if Will Levis come in and he's you know. Uh, Making better plays and and the offense look better. I say keep Derrick Henry because then they might be able because to go they deep. Might, they might get a little push. Yeah, they might be able to get playoffs. some push. They might but, get a little. But if he come in and he doing the same thing that uh, he was doing, you know, that uh, Tannehill was doing, then yeah, go ahead and let Henry go. Because at this point, you just kind of wasting Derrick Henry career. Yeah, he already twenty nine. I think he turned thirty. What next year or this year? At the end of this year, probably. Probably this year, and uh, and you gotta realistically think and how many more good years he really have left. Maybe two at the most, if yeah, that. Yeah, that's an if right there. Because let me tell you, some Tennessee ran his ass in the ground. Oh yeah. Oh my god. He now you want to talk about uh, uh, offense built around one player? Yeah, that's he's hey, the player. That's bro. it. That's, that's it. it. Run, catch, block, do whatever. Hey, Arthur Smith made, and I feel like. Arthur Smith set that offense up so well for Derrick Henry to be successful in that that's Mike Vrabel was like, you know what, I'm not going to change none of that shit. Mm -hmm. But you got to give either your offensive coordinator, your new one, full control 
or you just gotta just go ahead and let him go. Because Ryan Tannehill looks just downright awful. Derrick Henry looks like he's slowing down because he's taking hit after hit, but you still trying to give him like 30 carries. Bro. Like, Something got to change. And, it, and you know what's crazy that after all these years, they never really got uh, another feature back to kind of like help. Compliment him. Yeah, like, compliment I don't him. understand that. Like, that's, that's the crazy part about it. But that's why Tennessee is in the position they're in now. And the one chance they actually have to go, you know, deep. Um, th- that's why they lost. You know, when they uh, played Kansas City and they had the chance to beat them yeah. I think a couple years ago, that's why they lost because they, they one-dimensional, bro. Like, you at least got to have you a scat back or something, somebody to compliment them, to do something different, you know, uh, especially when you got a quarterback that's average at best. Yeah. And then, uh, really, if you really, if you ever watch a Tennessee game, and, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to be funny, they literally only have three runs for Derrick Henry. Think about that shit. With an off tackle and a down yeah. middle and what else? Okay. They, no, no. They so they got two downhill runs. He said he can go one to the left, one to the right, in, in those in those two A gaps, and then he got another one where he always go to the left side in that B gap. That's it. You don't never see him run like outside of the tackle. He always run in between the tackling guard or he run between both. Like the center and the guard. That's it. Think, like, go back and look. Go back and look. That's because that's how he hurt his foot last year. That's all he do is run, just run through you those three right, holes. And then when I see him, I always they be getting his ass on the backfield. He be trying to fight for more. Because, because remember, so remember when he when he stiff armed Josh Norman, he didn't run to the outside like that. He had already reached the the second level to yeah. try to get to the third level because. Most of the time, once he get once he get through the trenches and he get past like a defensive end or a D tackle, the linebacker's not bringing him down. Yeah. So once he gets to that second level, hey, it's it's all it's all over. Then you got to try to just do the best you can. That's understandable. That's very understandable. Um, Cincinnati got another win. They beat Seattle, seventeen thirteen. Uh, Cleveland. Now Cleveland beat San Francisco nineteen seventeen. PJ Walker, no, no, hey, PJ, hey, man. hold up, man, that boy that, one, that boy went from the Roughnecks to the Panthers. Now that boy with the Browns, and he is still finding and, ways to win. And he and he did, you know what I'm saying? They got the field goal, got the victory. Uh, hey, that shot to do a documentary on my boy. The show Watson, bro. I don't, I don't think like. He, I don't think I know they cares, they say bro. they say his rotator cuff is messed up or something. Nah, but look, but you know what? Let me tell you something. If his rotator cuff really is messed up, that's possibly a career ending injury. And the fact that you gotta pay this dude two hundred and thirty million dollars and he did absolutely nothing, that must, that's a Cleveland curse or something. Some like we always talk about Bobby Lane and the curse he put on Detroit. Somebody put a curse on Cleveland in the quarterback room. Because it has been nothing but disappointment. Year after year. Since 2000, they've had 35 different quarterbacks. That's true. And none of them have been successful no matter who they get. I think part of Cleveland issue is they they get a lot of politically bad players. It's like just like the Raiders. Like the Raiders always make like, you know, they draft bad or they they get somebody that always got an issue or something. 
I think them, them kind of teams, they, they, they put themselves in that kind of boat, bro. Yeah, because... Like, yeah. like you, you, you knew what you was getting out of Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, he held out with the Texans and all that shit. He wanted to get paid. He uh, did this little thing with the massages and all that kind of shit. But truly, honestly, bro, what did you really expect from Deshaun? I, I really didn't expect him to no, sign. No, I actually did. expected him to come out here and prove that he be- belongs back in the NFL. Because let me tell you something. He should be glad that he even got a chance to even come back. Because Ray Rice didn't get a chance. Yeah. And, and like, and I... But see, and Ray, I, and I, Ray but, Rice stuff is a little different, though, because they had man, him on camera. But the man that he was accused of raping or sexually assaulting 24 women. Like, come on, bro. 24 women he paid to get some head from. But uh, Ray Rice is a little different. They seen him on camera. They seen him smack the shit out of his... What is it? Fiance, hey, whatever. Joe Mixon was able to come back. And he hit that white girl in that bar. I don't know. Maybe maybe Joe Mixon just had a, a better lawyer or something. I don't know, bro. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. I'll tell you that. Um, but that, those are their cases. I wonder what Ray, what Ray Rice is doing these days, though. Probably selling insurance. <laughs> he might just be sitting at home on that paper. He might be. Man, he probably spent all of that shit. <laughs> Miami dominated Carolina. Forty-two, twenty-one. They ought to be tired of getting their ass whooped. Hey, if I'm if I'm if I'm Brian Burns or something, I need I need to let let me out of here, bro. <laughs> I'm you wasting you wasting my my defensive ability. Send me to a contender, please. Yeah, I am, I don't have to go to fucking Kansas City. Or Carolina probably about a good two three years out now. You know, at this point, after they didn't trade it all, they did for Bryce Young and yeah, that shit. That shit really set him back. And Bryce Young ain't really looking like he's supposed to. That boy supposed to come out gunning. Hey, but you know what? Indiana might be set back too because uh, y'all beat them 37-20. Uh, Anthony Richardson is out for the season with season ending surgery. He didn't got hurt every game that he didn't play in this year. Every game. Whether it was a concussion, it was a shoulder injury, it was something else like Dude's been hurt every game. Hey, that's another. Hey, that's a. I think Peyton Manning cursed them after he after he got traded from them. No, he got released, right? Peyton, Peyton Manning. He got did. released. Oh yeah, he cursed them. He cursed. Them. But uh, I don't we, think I. I really hope that you know everything works out for Anthony Richardson coming into year two. But shit, we ain't really seen enough of him from year one to really just be. You know, sitting on the positive side about things to, to really think well, that he's gonna be. No, 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 that's not true because we know we know the talent. He can make is plays. It, the talent's there, but everything he really did was with his legs. Yeah, and that's what's getting I, him I, I hurt. Didn't see him pass that much, but it's like, damn. I don't know, bro, but I tell you what, Gardner Minshew actually been looking pretty good. Yeah, and it's funny because when Gardner Minshew play, they win. When Richardson play, they lose. Except. Except this one game with you know they played y'all, but yeah, I don't know, man. Richardson out for the season, people. Damn, well, that's a hard pill to swallow. You know what I'm saying? My Texans did their thing. You know, New Orleans they they yeah they beat the hell out of uh, New England last the the previous week, but uh, they came into Houston thinking they was gonna wreck shop and it did not happen. Derek Carr got his shop wrecked. 
Houston did what they had to do with the 20 to 13 victory. I will say this though, hats off to Alvin Kamara. That boy played his ass off. I wish the Texans had him on their team because, man, the dude can catch, he can run, he play hard, and he play with 110% of effort every time. I, I mean, bro was trying, yeah. but Blake Cashman was on that ass. Yeah. They was. Hey, hey I got to give a shout out to my boy, man. D'Amico Ryans has found a way to motivate this team to play above everything else that they hear in the media. Like, people like, oh, Robert Woods washed up. I don't even know why they signed him. Hey, that boy playing hard. Like, oh, man, they don't have anybody on their defense. They're not going to be good. They're going to be terrible. Hey, the defense stepping up, making plays game after game. Hey, not only the defense, but even the offense. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he, he threw his first interception, and as soon as he threw the pick, Nico Collins forced the fumble, you know what I'm saying? Got yeah. the ball right back. Speaking of Nico, four receptions, 80 yards receiving. He played his ass off. Man, Nico really has just he turned everything around, bro. Like, that boy, he looking like a true number one right now. Uh, he playing like he been like like he been working with Andre Johnson or something. Shit, he been working with somebody. He, he playing good. He is, I like it. Yeah, he is playing really good. Um, another thing that we found out this week is that Devin Singletary might be getting more carries then uh, Pierce moving forward because he's more he's more comfortable uh, behind the line. He takes his time. He picks his holes correctly. Then he bursts through him versus uh, Pierce. He just bursts through a hole and then he he runs to the back of his lineman. Like Pierce needs to learn how to be more uh, patient when he's running. But Singletary already has that in him and he knows how to make a couple men miss. And we've seen that. Out of Singletary. I like what I've seen out of Pierce, too. I think this was the first uh, game where they actually put both of them in, uh, you know, about the same rate, about 50-50. And we got to see two different kind of backs complement each other. Yeah. And it, it really looked good, bro. Singletary and hopefully going forward, going forward, we, we get to see more of that. But it always should have been, like, split up like that, 50-50. Yeah, I, like, I feel like Singletary is a better catcher. He's a better route runner. And he'll block. That's true. He will block. Like I think if it's like yeah, if it's like third and one or some short yard, yeah, Pierce, Pierce can get in. But I mean, Singletary can pretty much do what Pierce is doing too. You know, like I said, I like the aggression from Pierce, but I like just the patience that Singletary has, and I think that is what's really going to become. Uh, that's going to make this this Texans offense special uh, if we can just you know. Learn how to just make that even better going forward, especially with this bye week we got. That's the perfect thing about everything. We we go into the bye week with a win against the Saints, and then we'll face off against the Panthers. So we we looking at bro going four and three. You know what I'm saying? But the good thing is nobody's seen Houston sitting at 500 at this point of the season. Uh, it, it took Houston like probably like 15 weeks to get their third win last season. Mm-hmm. So we're already three and three. Uh, possibly looking like a team that could possibly make a push for the playoff run. Uh, we'll take on the Panthers, and then I think we we might take on the Jack. Man, let me look at the schedule. But uh, we got y'all number always. And and, and I hate next, to say that. And the next time my soul will say that. The next time we we play y'all, we'll be at home. So looking at this Texan schedule, bro, we got the Panthers, we got the Bucks. Bucks been looking pretty good. Bengals yeah. that could be a toss up. 
Yeah. Cardinals, that could actually be a toss-up because of how hard they play, but they fizzle out. Yeah, the, the Cardinals could be another toss-up, but I think we can beat them. Jags, we play y'all. We, we don't know what to expect, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's like... It's a point, but... Because Trevor Lawrence, he be up and down. I don't even know how they're going to do tonight against the... Uh, Y'all play the Saints. To play the Saints. And, and, I, and I honestly, bro, that's a good game to watch because it'll kind of, I mean, honestly, it, it's really hard to say because y'all beat Atlanta and we didn't beat Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? And that was a game we were supposed and to win. really, y'all did so good against Atlanta because you contained Bijan. You couldn't really contain, like, what's his name, Algier? Algier. But it, but we, really, we contained the run all together. It was yeah. Desmond Ritter. We let Desmond Ritter beat us, and that was the most disappointing part. Because that was the most yards he ever passed in his career. The best he ever looked in his career since he's been in the NFL. In year and, two. Yeah, and they had actually had a Kyle Pitt sighting because he's been a so, disappointment too. Yeah. Drake yeah. London looked good, though. Yeah, Drake London looked good. Uh, the other, uh, John o. Smith, he looked good. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a game, bro. We, we really shouldn't have lost, you know, the way they set it up. But it was also a game management thing. And I think the Texans just learned as young coaches, they learned a lot about coaching in that game. Yeah. Because that was really a game Texas was I, supposed to win. I do like the fact that D'Amico Ryans, he's learning and progressing every week. Sometimes, yeah, he might make, you know, he ain't out there making bad decisions like David Cullen. But he is, you know, he's one, I can honestly say, any mistake that he does make coaching, he makes sure he corrects yeah, it. Yeah, he cleans it up. He gonna clean uh, it up. And, and not only that, C.J. Stroud, he cleans up his mistakes too. So, they're learning together. And I feel like uh, just Slowick, like offensive coordinator, he he's learning as well with with play calling and things. I think the Texans, bro, they they going in the right direction. That that's for sure. They they yeah. looking good. Uh, but yeah, man, they play the Broncos, then they play at the Jets, they play at the Titans, Browns, Titans, and Colts. So look, looking at what's hey, looking left at on that the schedule, schedule right there, hey bro, y'all it's looking favorable, bro. Y'all can probably finish the season down to ten and seven, nine and eight or something. Yeah, like that's crazy. Yeah, based on based on the body of work right now, you can actually finish. That might that might actually put y'all in the playoff run. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Vegas beat the Patriots twenty one seventeen. You heard about your boy, huh? Who? Uh, Deontay Adams, that boy mad. Bro, bro, I, I've i watched the Raiders at least about three times this year so far. And Garoppolo, man, he be setting them up. Bro, you know how far he used to set up his receivers? Man, bro, he be hit, getting that boy killed, bro. That hit, I, hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was surprised he even came back in the game after that hit. Shit. Like, like. I, I, man, I be whooping uh, Garoppolo ass nigga at halftime. Yeah, like, I don't know what he was thinking. Because he saw him coming. He was coming at him full steam, too. Like, and that's the second, like, that's not that's the second game he didn't did that. Like, it's like every week he set him up for some shit like that. Yeah. It's, it's terrible, bro. I wouldn't be surprised. It's terrible. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he get traded, too. I would not be surprised. Hey, now, the surprise of the week, I think, of uh, for all the games, was uh, New York beating Philly. Especially, you know, like you talk about... uh. You talk about Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson played good enough to beat Philly, bro. No, the defense played great. The defense didn't play great. Yeah. Zach Wilson just was out there. Yeah, yeah, you say that if you want to. Twenty to fourteen, they beat Philly, bro. And they did. They they stayed competitive. 
and and maybe they they can stay competitive enough along you know for right. Rodgers to make a return. Hey, if Rodgers was out there uh, throwing the ball at warm up, hey, look, if Rodgers can come back around week ten, week eleven, the last six games, bro, gonna be crucial. I don't think he's coming back that soon, but about maybe like fifteen. Oh, I ain't no point in that nigga coming back. Man. I think, but I think they can stay competitive long enough to be in a run. Hey, Zach Wilson got to do something, bro, because he ass. Look, Tampa, Tampa, uh, lost to Detroit. Detroit still rolling. Uh, Buffalo beat New York. Now, I don't know if you watched that game, but Tyrod Taylor he played all right. Man, look, Darren Waller. Should have caught that ball, bro. Nah, bro. That was pass interference. It bro. was, but I'm saying he still should have caught he, it. Though. He should have caught it, but it was, it was pass interference. They they got hold. They got hold big time. That last play, bro, they got hold so big, bro. That was that was terrible. That's why Brian, hey, that's but, why Brian yeah, Nobody stayed the shit off. No. I'm gonna tell you where they lost the game at. They lost the game at, at right before halftime when uh they went up there and ran that old bullshit ass play, bro, that running play. Um it was like a couple seconds left on the clock. And um, they went up there and tried to run the ball in to get the touchdown. It was a bullshit-ass play. Like, they should have did, like, a, a fucking screen or, or like, an a option or something. They just did a little regular handoff to Saquon yeah. and got his ass towed up, bro. got his ass towed up. Bro, like, Saquon, look, you talk about Sa- Saquon, 93 yards, bro, rushing. You know what I'm saying? It ain't Saquon, bro. It ain't Saquon. Yeah, I mean, it could have been Tyrod Taylor, you know, because... Nah. No. Oh, no, you know what? Tyrod Taylor is consistent. That bro. last game, though. I mean, that last, that last play before halftime, Tyrod, he had caught the wrong play or something. Coach was on his ass, bro. They ball was yelling up, you know, yelling at that boy. He fucked up. So, that was a loss right there. Because they, they, they got to the one-yard line, they didn't get no points. You know Man. what I'm saying? You didn't get no field goal. You didn't get no touchdown. Score 14-9. Final yeah. score. That could have been a difference right there in the game. A big difference. Uh, Dallas took care of the Chargers. Barely. Yeah, barely. Uh, Dak, bro, Dak was the leading rusher, 40 yards. CeeDee Clam, he, he had a big game, 117. Hey, Michael Gallup had a big game too, though. Yeah. Uh, that was actually a pretty good game. A good little shootout. Um, yeah, I had some bets on the game. I was disappointed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, them over-unders on that game was really disappointing. Bro. Oh, you know what? I know we're going to talk about basketball next. Hey, shout out to the Las Vegas Aces. They won back-to-back titles. Shout out to them. No, I don't don't have nothing against WNBA other than that we don't have a team in Houston. So, that's kind of why I just kind of overlooked them at this point. Because it's like, man, fuck WNBA. Ain't no team in Houston. But overall, like, I respect respect the league. They got some good, talented women out there. I, I do love the sport. I would love if... Houston had a team, and then I would really talk about them more. But since we don't have a team, and only time I see them on TV is if it's a big game, you know what I'm saying? That's, I don't really have no interest. Like we don't, we don't need the comments back. Like it, it, I mean, it really don't make sense, bro. You know, mathematically it don't make sense. Uh, financially it don't make sense. So that's the same thing with hockey, bro. Like why we don't have a team? You know, that's why I don't really talk about them sports because we don't it's have not, a team. It's not. It's, it's not, not relative to me. So, but yeah, the Aces back to back. I think they're the first team to do it since the comments, or was it the Sparks? They say like I know they say twenty one years, so it's got to be the Sparks. It's got to be the Sparks, and then you know because we won 
the, the comments won four in a row. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it was, it was the comments, the sparks, and then the aces. Yeah. Um, week seven, we can fly through this. You got the Jags and Saints playing tonight. Uh, favorite is the Saints by two points at home. Hey, Derek Carr has not impressed me this season. I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm going to have to go ahead and roll with the Saints. Them coming off a loss. Them being at the Superdome at a night on a night game. It's going to be tough, bro. That, that defense for the Saints still going to show up. But hopefully Travis and Trevor can actually get it together. It's going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be a good game. might be a little shootout. Uh, it's, it's definitely not going to be a blowout. So the two points is, is pretty realistic. Um... Another good game. Let's see. Washington and the Giants. This no. one, no, this one's gonna be good because the Giants really need this win. No, the Washington is three and three. More. You think the so? Commanders need this more. We can go ahead and just write. We can just go ahead and write off the Giants this year. Oh uh, look, without look, Daniel Jones, look, look, time out, time out, look, bro. Who do you think need the win more? The Patriots, they're one and five, or the Giants one and five? Patriots take on the Bills. Giants take on Commanders. Who do you think win the most? No, the Patriots need to win the most. Between, no. between them two. But they won't get it. They're not going to they beat the Bills. You don't think so? Hell no. No shot? No. I don't know, bro. Cause With well, that offense? Both of them Come is, on, man. Both of them is divisional games. But uh, I can't really say one team know another man, team. That offense is trash, bro. They're not going to do that. They yeah, not. the spread is eight and a half uh, for the Bills to win. So Yeah, they're not doing that. Yeah, all right. Uh, a real good – well, yeah, a couple good games. Baltimore and the Lions will play off, play against each other. Favorite at home is Baltimore by three points. I can see that. Believe it or not, I actually think the Ravens might actually upset them. You think they're going to beat them bad? Like, no, 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 no. I think well, gonna, it's well, the Ravens is favorite to win. But remember, so you remember last year, the Lions lost to them off that miraculous field goal, that 66-yarder. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Lions will try to get like revenge, but I think it's gonna come down to another kick again. It ain't gonna be sixty-six yards, but it's gonna come down to a field goal. Jameer, what's his name? Jameer Gibbs. He hurt, I think. He hurt. I think he got hurt. God damn. Uh, I would say I would ride with the Lions, but that might be the difference in this game. Um, so maybe the Ravens probably do improve to be five and two. Lions go to five and two as well. Uh, Falcons and, and Buccaneers. That's another divisional game. Both teams three and two. Buccaneers favorite to win at home. Falcons coming off a loss. I'm gonna ride with the Falcons, bro. Hey, let me tell you something. The Falcons' offense is, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's hell to even just get up. It's, it's hell to stop that run. Yeah, because they coming at you at all different angles. But they I, hitting you with two running backs, a quarterback, and I'm talking about they hitting you with two power backs too. It's no, it's no scat back. Yeah, Arthur Smith set that shit up but, perfect. But you know, Tampa do got a good defense though. That's true. That's so true. They, I'm not. This, I'm game not might, this game might lean towards Tampa though a little bit. Uh, the line. I mean, not lines. The, the Steelers and Rams play against each other. That could be a good 3 o'clock game. It's going to be a defensive game, though. Yeah. Very low scoring. Always. Uh, Rams is favorite to win at home. But I think Pittsburgh might 
pull it off. TJ White gonna have a big game. Man, but they don't. I think Kenny Pickett out though. So I can't. I can't trust Mitchell Trubisky. He ain't back yet. Nah, he out. Nah, nah. I'm gonna ride with the Rams then, bro. I ain't I? That one blew over me. I can't ride with Trubisky, man. Yeah, Packers gonna beat the uh, Broncos. That's yeah. an easy win. And you know what's funny? The spread is only one point, bro. Because they both ass. Packers, the Packers not ass. They just they just not good. I don't even know to say they're not good, but they coming off that bye week though. I think they should beat the Broncos. No, this no. hey the Broncos need to hurry up and get to their bye week, bro. So they can just get, they need, get they need to trade. go ahead. And, yeah, they need to go ahead and salvage some of that yeah. <laughs> that they got. One uh, of well, damn, bro, you got some good games. So the last three games I'm about to talk about is gonna be pretty good. Chargers, Chiefs. Believe it or not. The Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers are hard. Yeah. And I feel like the Chargers can really pull this out. I do too. Only thing is that the Chiefs are at home, favored by five and a half. But the way they lost that game against Dallas, yeah, they. I feel. Like I think they're gonna really, rebound. They gotta beat they, the Chiefs. They gotta beat the Chiefs. And then also looking at what you know, the Chiefs, they they got offensive problems, bro, with their receivers. I know. And I, I think the Chargers, they they can outscore that. Because right now. Joey Bosa and um, Khalil Mack, man, they on a tear right now. Yeah, and they, they, and that's they all you got to do. Home. Yeah, that's you all you got to do. Put some pressure you, on you Mahomes. Yeah, because they don't have no receivers. Put right pressure now. on Mahomes. Chip Kelsey, Chargers win. Dolphins and Eagles, though. What you, what you think? Damn. Hey, that's that's Sunday night too. That's a good Sunday night matchup. Let me tell you, on paper. Damn, that's kind of hard to call because it's like. Eagles did come off that loss though, and I don't know much about the Dolphins' defense. Well, you know they got they got some good defense. I know, like I know that. Oh, know Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey practicing again too. And I know they got, and I know they got what? Do they have Nick Chubb? No, they got no, they got Bradley Chubb. Bradley right? Chubb, Bradley Chubb. Okay, I almost said Nick Chubb. Like, nah, that ain't it. I'm gonna ride with the Eagles, bro, just because they at home. You know what? I don't think nobody can stop the Cheetah in the secondary. I'm gonna have to they go got ahead. they got a little Darius Slay. Yeah, they he got, ain't gonna it, stop him. He ain't gonna stop him, but he might. But be, like, he might like, be able to put his hand on him. Now, now the good thing about it, the good thing about it, if they're in the red zone, he can stop him because you can't just run that fast in the red zone. But as yeah, far they, as like, they gonna bump him. But on the go route, nah, he can just cut that shit short. But I don't, I don't see the Eagles giving up no big plays like that either. I've never seen them do it in the past two years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why I said I'm riding with the Eagles, bro. But then you got Jalen Waddle, you got Chase Clay. They got the speed. Oh, you got all that speed. And damn, but then that but then that running back just got hurt for the Dolphins. The rookie? Yeah, he's he my HR. Yeah. But they still got Monk Monster though. Yeah. You know what? I'm a, I'm a ride. I'm gonna ride with the Dolphins only because I believe in Tua. You think Tua gonna outplay Jalen Hurts? Yes, because believe it or not, people, this is actually a grudge match, and I know y'all probably saying hey, like, How? believe it or not, bro, this is like a mid-season Super Bowl. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you why this is a grudge match too, because if you remember, Tua is the one that replaced Jalen Hurts. He's the reason why he left to go to Oklahoma. True. Man. Well, this game right here, boy, this is a heavyweight fight for real. Man, both teams five and one, bro. 
It's gonna be good, man. Yeah, this one's gonna hey, be real good. America's gonna be watching that one. Monday night we got 49ers and Vikings. This this will be a good game. It's gonna be a good game. No Justin Jefferson. No good. He still got other weapons though. Minnesota at home. And Minnesota don't have no defense. They got they got some people in the front seven, but yeah, you right. So you I Let me mean, tell you something. The only, reason, the only reason why the Browns won that game is because of the defense. Minnesota, they don't, the best thing they had going for them was the offense. Now they just lost the number one offensive key. And you expect them to come out here against a 49ers defense and do what? Score a couple touchdowns. Shit. <coughs> now, I will say this. The only way the Vikings can win this game is if Christian McCaffrey, Devo Samuel, and Trent Williams don't play. Because all of them all all of them are hurt. All they playing hurt. They playing. Oh, don't worry about it. They playing. Because I think they've been practicing, bro. They oh bro. shit. That yeah. was just like, you know. I mean, the Vikings are gonna put up a good fight. I don't think they lose. Okay. I mean, I don't think 49ers lose. Not two weeks in a row. Oh yeah. They were supposed to lose last week. Yeah, they wasn't, but they did. Yeah, that was just like a... And I guess that's that's the one thing my, that, you know what I'm saying? My boy PJ came through. <laughs> just that. Hey, we almost in a wrap, but uh, the best thing, you know, the best team in Houston is uh, playing again tonight. Um, if we take it all the way back to where we was at last time, bro, uh, Houston was just getting, you know, admitted into the playoffs. Um, they took care of the twins and they beat them, you know, what three to three to one, three to one. And then currently we're down to the Rangers, uh, two to one. Houston liked that adversity. They like to be down just to like, you know, hey, what one thing Houston need to do, they need to quit playing with their food and just go ahead and finish it off. But if they can get some type of consistent pitching. My God. Well, you know what? They had consistent pitching in, in the first game with Verlander. Verlander didn't play bad at all. Well, pitched bad at all. But he don't give you nothing past five innings. I think he went five or six innings in that game. But they end up losing 2-0. I mean, the pitching was there, bro. Two, two runs, bro. Pitching is there, bro. Houston should have been hitting in that game regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the chances that they had, I think I think it was just one of them nights. That's the one thing about baseball. Baseball is a game you could really get lucky in, bro. The mm-hmm. ball could just be hitting hitting your way. It could roll roll it the other way. A certain way. Yeah. And that's what kinda happened against the Rangers. And then the next the next game they they had Fram. Now, I'm gonna be honest, I don't trust Fram Framber Valdez at all at this point, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? He he gave up too much and, and it's like a lot of that shit is Dusty Baker, bro. Like he had he had the bases loaded, and you got McCormick coming up, and the announcers just saying it like, "Yeah, McCormick is is a, is a very aggressive hitter," and he go up there, he just swinging at the woods, bro. Like the dude, he throwing it low in the way, he just same pitch, same location, three times in a row, swing, 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 you know, and he's out, and and I think that right there is really what changed the game. Uh, at the end of that game, I know uh, Altuve had a good hit. Uh, and it's crazy, bro, because you think about it. This game is a game the Astros are supposed to win. We had four home runs, four solo hits. All we needed was a man on base. If somebody just got on base, you know what I'm saying? 
This game yeah. would have been a, a, a win in our column. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's managing, but it, it, it's, it's also just sometimes it's just luck in baseball. But uh, instead of McCormick, they should have had Mauricio Dubon uh, batting that go round, and now finally they 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 put him in game three against the Rangers at home. I mean, well, away Rangers was at home, uh, and you see Dubon, he's a, he's a damn good contact hitter. So now you got Dubon hitting, you got Brantley hitting because Brantley been playing his ass off. Alvarez is always showing up. Altuve, he finally getting he even had an Abreu sighting. Bro, Abreu, yeah, yeah. He, he even showing he, up. Like, one thing I can say about Abreu, like, he knows he don't have the power to hit home runs consistently anymore, but he can still get you middle of middle of the field. He can get on base. He can, you know, set up other runners. So that's what I expect from him right now. Like, all Dusty got to do is learn how to really just manage. Yeah, Dusty... Dusty, as long as he's been managing, bro, he should be a much better in-game manager at this point. Yeah, and he's and he's managed some great teams over the years, including this one. Yeah, and he just got a, a habit of keeping players in a little too long. Yeah, that's hey, I hate to say that. That's why we lost against the Braves in the World Series. Yeah, because he 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 like he, he never knows when when to take the picture out or, yeah, like, or when a, on, when a pinch hits you gotta somebody. Know like, you gotta on, know this. Like I know you got trust in you and you love your player and shit, but sometimes you gotta take them Sometimes out. in in critical games, they can't work themselves out of a rut. That's exactly. why you're the manager, because they'll tell you anything. Like, oh, I can do it, I can do it. Like, nah, my boy, you can't. What the heck? They got the Rangers favorite to win tonight. So they yeah they got the the Rangers favorite to win tonight. Uh, we got Jose Riquetti going up against Andrew Heaney. Um, and that's what we're looking at. We're look, we looking at uh, the Rangers' favorite to win by 60%. And we got to see what we're going to do, bro, because uh, I don't know what the lineup is tonight, but we, we got to see what the Astros – do you think the Astros going to get the win tonight? Yes. I mean, they really don't have a choice. They, they, they really got to get this win, especially since they playing under 500 uh, at home. So, they, if, if, if possible, bro, the Astros, they need to win – Every game in, in Dallas or Arlington or whatever, and then try to steal one at home. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, hold on. Because we played three games in a row yeah. in Arlington, right? Yeah. Three. Oh, they need to win all three of these. Yeah, they need to win all three. So, they'll go in three three to two. And then, at home, they need to steal one to finish the Rangers off. Yeah, because the way, the way it's looking, the Diamondbacks getting swept. I don't know. I, I don't know, bro. Uh, looking at the Diamondbacks, man, you know, they are down 2-0, but they finally at home, so they got their three-game stretch now, uh, or at least two games right now, but, I mean, Philly's our favorite to win. I don't really know too much about the Diamondbacks. I know they had a solid season, but I don't really know what to expect out of them. And you got, uh, Ranger Suarez going up against Brandon Faddett or something, or Paddett. Not too sure who either one of them guys is, but shit. Uh, right. We're we going to figure it out in the upcoming weeks. Yeah. We're going to figure out a lot, but I can tell you one thing. The Phillies the Phillies still looking like the Phillies from last year. That's for sure. Probably even a little bit better. Um, you know, chemistry has improved, so I feel like they're a little bit better. Yeah. Now, are they good enough to win the World Series? No. I don't know. 
depending who they face. Nah, yes, I don't yeah. think they can be neither team in the American League. Well, I'm going to tell you this. What the Astros need the most is this guy, Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Kyle Tucker can turn it on, and I think he's been the most disappointing part to me uh, of the Astros so far this postseason. Because yeah, he's he been swinging and missing, swinging and missing. Uh, he, he's been lucky to get on base, you know, because somebody didn't put him on base yeah. by walking him. But, yeah, Tucker, bro, he, he got to improve. Um, moving on, man. Got to talk about the Houston Rockets. You know, preseason basketball has started. Um, KPJ got traded, and man. after he got traded, his his girl come out talking about he didn't hit her, and uh, you know all so, that kind of crazy stuff. So tell me this, tell me this. Do you think it was a ploy just to get out of Houston? Only the only reason why I'm saying this, only reason why I'm saying this, is because. First, she said he did it. Then he retracted as soon as he got traded. He's about to be released and become a free agent. Because he knew he was getting replaced. Remember, they not only did we sign a point guard, we drafted one. Yeah. So he was replaced. He was done. But he I think he, he, he was going to be a six, man. He was going to be like a two guard. He was going to move him over. Which he needed to be moved over anyway. Um, I don't think he just fit the scheme for what they was looking for. It's possible. I mean, but... Why would you take that point of view to get yourself out of Houston? You know what I'm saying? It's going to make you look bad. He even got cut. I mean, he got traded. He got cut. So, he's not on the team. He's not getting that, that guaranteed money he was getting. So, you fucked yourself out of a bunch of ton of money. Uh, and then, I think really, honestly, bro, what it is, his girlfriend was really in it for the money and she was trying to get paid. But now that she see after he didn't got cut and traded and all he, that, he look. It's yeah. not like she see, NFL. It's she not see, guaranteed. She see he ain't getting no money. I mean, he she yeah. ain't getting no money. He ain't getting no money. So yeah. now it's oh he ain't hit me. But if they allow him to play again, I think it's kind of fucked up because now it's like damn the Rockets you could have still had him, and if you was gonna trade him, you could have got a lot more for what oh, you got because yeah. we got Victor Oladipo in return and uh, Earl Robinson something. I don't know who. And I know who Oladipo is. Oladipo, Oladipo, Oladipo getting cut. Um, now, some interesting things is that I did see that they were talking about the Rockets uh, looking to get um, Malcolm Brogdon and a couple other players. Possibly. From Portland? Like, why do we need all these point guards? I don't know what they was. Well, I heard some people say that they can move Brogdon to, to two guard. Okay. Oh, and then he's already familiar with uh, Adoku's system. So I guess that do make sense. Hey, but I'm gonna tell you this though: these preseason games. Hey, Cam Whitmore has been looking good. Yeah, Whitmore has been looking good. Um, what's face been looking good too though? Thompson, he's been looking good as well. Yeah. Um, the rookie's been looking pretty. good. Jabari Smith been shining. Looking he like he's taking his game. For I, he level. might actually go ahead. And um, just, he might deserve to be in the starting lineup this year. Now I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna tell you who I'm really concerned about: Jalen Green. I don't, I don't know Stop. if he's actually improved. Stop. I mean, it's preseason, so we we don't know. Uh, actually, um, I think tomorrow or whenever they only got one preseason game left, and then they'll be starting the season on the twenty fifth. They're open against Orlando, so that's a good team to open against. And then we'll play the Spurs second game, so we get to see a true uh, full lineup five on five versus Wimbiana for sure, for sure. So, when does this tournament thing actually start? Tournament? The middle of the season? Because, you know, now they do that little 
the tournament starts soon. I think it's it's. I mean, you could say middle middle of the season, but it's more beginning of the season. I think it starts in November. Okay, because I was wondering, like, what's the middle of the season in the NBA? Like January, December. <clears throat> Let's see. See if we got any idea. They probably don't even tell us yet. But yeah, that tournament starts soon, bro. Like I think it's November or something like that. Whenever they do the little. And it's kind of weird how they're going to do it because I guess they're going to have, like, a game one week and then they have another game, like, against another team, like, days and days later against them, you know. I guess that's how they're doing the tournament. It's not just, like, they just, they're not blocking out the whole schedule for the tournament. But, so, my thing about the tournament, are they adding additional games or are they including that into the 82? Man, look, it's still going to, I think it's still going to be an 82-game season. Because, hey, we can't even get the stars to play 82 games. So, I know damn well they've been adding well, extra games. With all the new rules and stuff, though, they're going to have them stars playing as long as they're healthy. Yeah. Um, there's really not much to say about the NBA besides, you know. You know, except, like, you know, who looks good. Well, we can always go like this. So, looking at the rosters that, that, that are in place now, as of right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> who do you see coming out of the East and who do you see coming out of the West? I would, you know, it's easy to say the Bucks, but I don't really think they're going to come out of the, the East just because they, they him and uh, Giannis, uh, Damon Giannis don't have enough chemistry yet. But, I mean, you never know. I, I, think, I think they can go far in the East, but... Uh, Probably Miami again. Okay. Okay, I do like that because even though they didn't really make any massive improvements, they're they they still have their core nucleus together. Yeah. Oh, and I I forgot about the Celtics. You know, the Celtics are always gonna be there, but I don't know if they're gonna ever get over the hump. I don't know. Porzingis look good. And they got Drew Holiday now too. So that actually looks You know what? I forgot about the Drew Holiday edition. Um, that would really help him because that's what they was missing. They was really, truly missing a true point guard. Really? So, you know what? I'll ride with the Celtics. I was, you know what? I thought this was actually going to be a year when you can actually say, you know what? Philadelphia look good. But it's so much turmoil Bro, in Philadelphia. Speak, yeah, because like, Harden, he showed up to one practice. He showed up to media day. And then he, and he hadn't been practicing. He, then he came down here. Like, for what? He out here right now. He not even he not practicing or playing with the team. He just out here. Bro, he want to be a rocket so bad, bro. I wonder why though. It's it's something something that's not adding because to me. because he was living luxury when he was in Houston, and he ain't no club like 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 the Houston club life. It's gotta be like, like are you coming back to check on thirteen? Like what is it? Nah, like man, I ain't worried about all that, bro. He worried about them hoes at the strip club, bro. But it's but I feel like. You're not trying that hard to go to Atlanta. You're not trying to go that hard to go to Miami. Because those are prominent strip club cities, too. Like, what is it out here? He just love Houston, probably. I think, man. And if it ain't Houston, he's trying to get back to L.A. You see, see the Clippers trying to get him. Man, the Clippers can't. Like, I would never put that team together. So, it was going to be Harden, Paul George, Paul George and Kawhi. And Kawhi. It'll be an interesting squad. It's going to be a lot of turmoil, though, as far as personal. I'm trying to figure out who plays what. Well, you know, George can play play the four. He can play the three. 
But you know you're going to put Kawhi at the three, bro. Yeah, so that means you're putting Paul George in with the two, and then you're going to have James nah, Harden at the one? You might you could put George at the four because he's tall and lanky. I think George like 16. You know Harden going to play point guard. Yeah, he's going to be like that. Oh, he's going to be like that little stretch four. Okay, I get it. Man, that shit seemed more like elementary basketball. I don't I don't really don't know. That's blacktop. I don't basketball. see how they could really just pull that off though cuz what what does the Clippers really have to give up to really make that trade happen? And then Philly trying to get so much for Harden. Hey, it's only one team that can trade for James Harden right now cuz them boys got 32 draft picks. Who? Under the Thunder. That would be interesting. It would be him and uh what's his name? Yogis. Uh SGA. Yogis Alexander. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, bro. We'll yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll know a whole lot more about what's gonna happen in NBA next week on the next episode. Uh, oh yeah, MLS Major League Soccer. Uh, go Dynamo, baby! They they pushing for them playoffs. They uh clinch the spot. Man, let's go, let's I might go. I might actually go to a Dynamo game. Man. I wouldn't mind checking that out, man. I ain't, I ain't never really been one as a, a true spectator, especially playoffs. We can try to get a press pass. You know what I'm saying? And we, we probably could. You know, it is the Dynamo. Yeah. We got to talk to our, uh, our boy Harden, you know what I'm saying, since he out here all the time. See no. if we go ahead and get that press pass. He, he not going back to That press pass. He not going back to Philly. That's why I say, if that was the case, no, nah, that, that, you're right. That's too much cash. I was like, man, they could have traded KPJ. To Philadelphia, bro, and brought back old hard. They they don't want to deal with. They don't need that right now. They, they don't want to deal with. Look, the Texans and the Rockets got new culture. They trying to, you know, what I'm saying, get rid of the turmoil. They trying to go up. All right. So ten minutes since we since I know this is our last thing. I promise I ain't gonna say nothing else about it. Do you think that Brooks hit old boy in the nuts on purpose? Of course he did. Come on, man. <laughs> Of course Come on, he did. Man. No, he did. Bro, Dylan, Dylan Brooks is just like uh He not trying to be Dylan the villain, man. He trying to be something better than Dylan that. Dylan Brooks is our uh is our uh J Draymond Green, bro. Oh man, well, well no, I, I, I haven't really seen too much out of Dylan Brooks. I you know, since preseason. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because he cause he keep hitting niggas in the nuts. He's been playing though, I think. That last year, I think hey. he's been playing. Cause uh, I'm gonna tell you who hadn't been getting a lot of uh, PT Van Vliet. No, he didn't get PT. He been playing. But he, he don't been. He ain't been playing a lot though. I think they been trying to. Bad. They been trying yeah. to. They been trying to him. They been trying to move him and the uh, rookie in between. They making them. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Like for because that Rockets lineup gonna be pretty interesting. I don't know how they're gonna do all the rotations, but they got a lot of players, bro. That kind of like know, play similar same position. position. Yeah. They need more shit in the front court. Yeah, they need. We need a backup center. Well, they got that Landell dude. I guess he's been all right. Um, I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting, but I think the Rockets gonna win about forty games this year. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I would say I'm gonna say between thirty five and forty five. Yeah. But I feel like forty is gonna probably be the low, because I really feel like we have a team. That can really at least at least get to the play in. I think we really play in bound this year. Hey, I like to see it. Hey, man, I'm hoping that Jalen Green have a good career this year, bro. Well, I mean, a good season this year. Uh, What's that career level? I hope yeah. he have a great career too. Yeah, that's why. That's why I said I had to correct myself. But yeah, hopefully he have a good season this year because I think that's one of the players we're really leaning on to to get to that next step. Uh, but I, I tell you one thing. Sagoon, he did it, bro. Yeah, he did. 
He the star player. He the he, true he's star. There. He's there. Um, I think him and Van Vliet, they're going to have some nice little rotation pick and play. Yeah. This Now, this is the time we need to do a whole bunch of ISO, pick and roll, things like that. Now, defense, I don't really know what Ndoku really specializes in, but hopefully. But that's, no, the defense is, is one of the things that they're going to do way better this year because of Ndoku. Yeah, I know. Ndoku, how do you say his name? Yeah. I think so, too. That's that's the one. Even I even seen that in preseason. That the defense yeah, they playing a whole lot better. Yeah, defense. whole lot better. But uh, appreciate it, people. Thank you for listening. I know it's been a long, long episode today. Right. We had we had a whole lot to cover. Too bad I'm not splitting this episode for y'all. So y'all better listen to it all the way through. Uh, we hit a lot of good topics. Trust me, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, we hit everything. Everything. Give us your feedback. Like, comment, subscribe. Check out the HSC website. Thank you. Thank you.